guys a brand new podcast and this one is uh it's pretty fascinating in my opinion um i did a show with uh, a gentleman named mateo lane who you'll hear on this podcast uh called the goddamn comedy jam if you don't know anything about the goddamn comedy jam then you haven't been goddamn listening it's a show i really love doing it's the show i ended up doing with scott stapp that episode will air april 19th um mateo did it Mateo's performance was beyond amazing. It really was. And and, and I, I knew that, but then I worked with him the other night, and it was even fucking more amazing. Me and Dane Cook, and you'll hear this in the podcast, sat in the back and were fucking just blown away. Um, the thing I, I found really fascinating about Mateo is Mateo is... Uh, obviously, openly gay. You'll hear that in a few seconds. If you don't know he's gay, then you might be deaf in one of your, one or both of your ears. Um, but he talks about it on stage, and he owns it, and it's a different perspective than I've ever really had on the podcast. I've had gay men on the podcast before, but never someone who's so out and open and young and this new culture. I had a run-in with two friends. We'll talk about this again. I won't say their names, who were saying that they let dudes suck their dicks and it caught me off guard i did not know that that was like a legit thing um i, I i'm a tad bit old school i guess and so uh i ran into mateo that night after the conversation and mateo i think was a little shocked too <laughs> but we had a cool conversation and we were like we should podcast and talk about this because look society's changing if you're fucking 44 like me and uh, and and keep your eyes open and, and what transpires is just a very fascinating conversation in my opinion and, and i know i'm a good judge of what you guys enjoy this you will really enjoy a fascinating conversation conversation about what it's like growing up gay um what it's like coming out what it's like dating what it's like everything and, and we talk about what it's like being straight and what it's like getting bullied and what it's it's just a really fucking moving uh hour and a half conversation that i believe is important look if i'm if this podcast you know duncan trussell's a long time time ago told me if you're not growing in your podcast then you're not growing as a man i was like that's a pretty insightful thing we talked about a few late night comedy hosts and he was like yeah like they never really got to grow and that's fucking fascinating. So anyway, that that is today's podcast is just eye opening. And it and I'm telling you it is nothing short of fascinating. You will listen to this podcast and go, "Man, I know I know they're talking about sucking dicks, but I can't turn it off." <laughs> I say they because uh Mateo showed up with his what I can assume only as his best friend. Uh, a really close friend, a guy who's got a very popular podcast on on his own. It's called PNS Explosion. Uh, by the way, I just Googled. I'm try, I tried to find his name's Pat Powers, but I, I couldn't remember his name from the introduction, his last name. I knew his name was Patrick, but uh, and but he adds so much to this conversation because he's 43. Check out his podcast. Um, if you're very open-minded, I'm certain if you're not open-minded, you probably won't get a bunch of it. I will tell you, they had a shorthand between each other that at times I got lost in. Like, there were impressions that uh, that uh, Mateo would do, and I'd be like, huh? But but 
By the way, the, it just it's not just the gay stuff that's fascinating in here. Mateo's Italian, Mexican, and he grew up on a street with 19 of his family members, like 19 families of his. So this is just a really cool fucking podcast. That's all I'll say. Uh, but Patrick Powers has his podcast, PNS Explosion, and uh, and we're both the same age. He grew up in Omaha. You'll find that out. I'll be in Omaha the 31st and 1st. Those shows, uh, I think, are sold out. I know they're sold out. I'm certain of that. I, yeah, I had this phone call today. I, what I meant to say is I think we're adding a third show on one of the nights uh, because um, that's next week. Not this weekend. I'm home and I'm taking care of my body because if you've seen me on the road these last three weeks, you know I've been going a little irresponsibly. Wise Guys Salt Lake City on the 13th, 14th, and 15th of April. Uh, Those shows are selling out quickly as well, so I would get on those tickets. A show that is not selling out pretty quickly is Stand Up Huntsville. (laughs) I'm kidding. A third of it is a third sold out, so a month out, that's not bad at all. But uh, but I know this is a brand new club to the market, so if you're in Alabama, I've never been to Alabama to do stand-up, but check out Stand Up Huntsville, uh, Wild West Comedy Comedy. Festival is the very next day, next two, three days. I know I'll be there. I know Ari will be there. I know Doug Benson will be there. Judd Apatow will be there. Um, I'm going to talk about Dave Chappelle's special in a second, so don't go anywhere. Yuck Yucks Calgary the weekend after that. Detroit, May 4th in the Crowfoot Ballroom. I don't know what ticket sales are like there, but it's a smaller room, and I think we'll end up adding a show hopefully. But get your tickets Right now, we don't have a show added, so get your tickets. Get your tickets, and then we'll add it. You know what I mean. Cincinnati Funny Bone, uh, the 5th and 6th of May. Uh, and then Crapshoot Comedy Festival, the 19th of May. I don't know if Doug Stanhope's mentioned it, but me and him are doing something together on the 20th of May. <laughs> I didn't mean to announce that, but I don't. I, I just. I, I, it's, I'm sure it's going to sell out. I'm sure he won't announce it, but I'm not going to tell you where. Hit up Doug Stanhope. He'll tell you. Cobb's Comedy Club, the 9th, 10th of June, and then Sacramento, the uh, punchline on the 11th. I know Sacramento is a place I started. I know a lot. I got a lot of a lot of brought a lot of Rogan fans more, but a lot of people that I know hit me up. I know the fight game's sick up there. And then those are the dates. Kansas City, Orlando, Cherokee Casino, Columbus Funny Bone, Isla's Birthday, Pittsburgh Improv, Hilarities Cleveland, uh, Houston Improv, Stand Up Live Phoenix, Addison Improv, Helium Philadelphia, St. Louis Helium, DC Improv, Tacoma Comedy Club, The Comic Strip Edmonton, Chicago, Magoobies. Oop, I should not have said that. Yuki. House of Bloomington comedy. I saw Dave Chappelle's hour special. Uh, I will say I had lowered my expectations because I know he's not in the clubs like he used to be, which is, you know, despite common belief that Dave Chappelle is a god, he's not. He's just a dude. I ran into him in uh, Dayton, Ohio, when Doc was running the club. I was getting paid out of. I'm, if you haven't heard this story, listen for a sec. And Dave Chappelle walked in, and he uh, had his backpack on. He had ridden his motorcycle up. I think he was smoking a cigarette. And I remember thinking, "Who's this dude smoking a fucking cigarette?" He didn't have hair. He had shaved his head. And so uh, it would be better on the story if I said he had a motorcycle helmet on. But anyway, <laughs> smoking a cigarette inside his motorcycle helmet. But anyway, he. Had, it was really interesting. I, I saw him and I got caught off guard 
And uh, and I, I remember analogizing it that it was like seeing a great white shark. Dave Chappelle's so he's he's been such a standard of comedy gold for so long. It caught me off guard, and but what caught me off guard even more is we had we had a very quick, candid conversation about writing material, and he was saying, "I can't write. I got nothing to talk about. I don't know what to talk about." And he was just being real. And I remember in that moment realizing, "Oh shit, man, he's just a comic." He's not, a, I mean, he's not the fucking inherent savior to our art form. He is just a dude trying to write some jokes that he thinks are funny. And he knows that he's got an expectation to deliver. And that expectation can sometimes be overweighing. It can sometimes make life uh a little unmanageable and I think that's probably at times why he bailed from the limelight and and it's got to be tough to deal with to come back and I think for the most part all of us will tell you that if you got that expectation if you're just in the clubs every single night that expectation and that weight lowers and and I knew going into this special I knew that and I thought that and I I I lower I would say to people don't just don't make it into something it could never be. Like when people would be like, what do you think about Attell or Chappelle? What do you think about rock? What do you think about Louis? What do you think about Seinfeld? All these guys that Netflix signed deals with for 60 million. I was like, Hey, you didn't pay 60 million. So don't go in expecting $60 million worth of entertainment. Just expect that $60 million worth of people will show up and see it. That's all that that's all. But it's just, it's just, it's just going to be a good special. That's all. Just look for that. And uh, and so I watched it this morning on my cell phone. I started watching it on my cell phone because I was like, I wonder if it – I was taking a shit, and I was like, I wonder if it's released yet. I know it's coming around the corner. I know uh, Jim Norton's Mouthful of Shame was last week. And, uh, and, man, I didn't expect much from Jim's, and it fucking blew me out of the water. And I was like, that's the way everyone should go into this special for Chappelle for it. I started it on the toilet. I was taking a shit. I'm having stomach some stomach problems uh, with my green juices. And I will say this. I ended up watching it all on my cell phone because it was so good. I couldn't fucking turn it off. It was so good. There, He's so, he's so talented in being funny without trying. You know, obviously, I know he's tried. I know that he's put the work into this special, but he's got such an ability to flippantly say something in the middle of a story, and and it's it's the way he says it, and the way it is it is just rolls out in the middle and unexpectedly, and that's what I love about great comedy. It was when it's unexpected, but the way he says it is so fucking good, and the the topics he cha- he tackles in this special. And the approach he does, it it blew me away. I've been talking about it all fucking day, and I don't think there's one of you that won't watch his special, but I will say uh, you can keep your expectations up there because it's that fucking good. Uh, his last bit about him and Kevin Hart, oh, man, that, the, that storytelling, the way he told that story, the fucking – the way he delivered his character to you and the package with which it was delivered and and the the oh it's a great fucking special so that's all that's my review um best line in the whole thing 
I, I can't even say it. It had me laughing so fucking hard. It was uh, it was awesome. It was really awesome. And the best part is, is it inspired me to write. There's been a, you know, there's been a, a thing I've learned about stand up a tad bit where um, I figured out that if the the better the end of the story, and this is like so simple. Why don't we all fucking know this? And I do this. So why didn't I notice I was doing it? But the better the end of the story, the better the end of the story, the better the story. If, if the usual suspects is an interesting woven story, but it's only so interesting in that you get to hear the ending and go back in your head and relive other parts of it. And, uh, and there's a story I've been working on about, uh, being the first person jumping off the stratosphere that, I, I just, I couldn't, I, it just was too long. And I was like, don't fucking worry about the middle part. You worry about the ending. The ending's the best part of that fucking story. It's the best part of that story. Just that, know the ending's good. Stick on the ending and then just tell the necessary parts to get to the ending. It. He's so good at telling a fucking story, it inspired me. And I've heard Rogan say that about him, but it just inspired me. So uh, I know Dave's a big fan of my podcast. He like texts me all the time. He's like, "Yo, B, I you just so dope, son." I oh, know. I'm kidding. Dave doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I sold that so well that in the middle I was like, "Yeah, I don't have to work, take acting classes. Fuck that. I was just fucking rolling dolo uh, teaser." And so, uh, but yeah, check out Dave Chappelle's uh, hour special. And today's episode is brought to you by Comedy Central's The Comedy Jam, premiering March 22nd at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Comedy Central. This show is absolutely fantastic, and yours truly is on it, April 19th. Chris Hardwick, Awakawafina, I don't know who that is, Jim Brewer, Mark Duplass, who wrote a really nice article in the Huffington Post today. You might check it out. It's about um, him being a lib libtard and, and Trump. By the way, I'm not selling this article right. It's a really good article. Just go read it. Jesse Tyler Ferguson, I think he is the guy from Modern Family. Taryn Manning, who Isla met, and they connected on having sweaty hands. Hassan Minaj, uh, Richie Sambora, who, by the way, dated a chick that I dated. Isn't that crazy? Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park. Is there another Chester Bennington? They wrote Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park. Oh, DMX is in it. Jay Farrow's in it. Tia Carrera's in it. Montel Jordan, Kenny Loggins. Basically what it is, us comics go up. We tell a funny story about our favorite song or a song that's meaningful. Scott Stapp is in it. That's who I end up performing with on April 19th. I shouldn't have said that out loud. I should have let you see it live. But he was such a cool fucking dude. Uh, Tiffany Haddish steals the show. Her and my guest today steal the show. And that is why he's here, Jay, ladies and gentlemen. Because I want you to all to watch the Comedy Jam. All my friends are in it. It is such a great fucking show. And today's guest murders it fucking murders it put your hands together from the pns explosion podcast patrick powers and stand-up comedian uh uh opera singer and a multi-talented comedian mateo lane this is all right that's my wife for you they lay eggs and everything uh, oh yeah, that's yeah. They're fucking. The oh, eggs no, are phenomenal. No, because they, they just no, no. Because if they if they lay eggs, so basically the eggs are their period. Mm-hmm. That's we figured that out talking to my daughters the other day, and 
abruptly, one of my daughters stopped eating eggs immediately. <laughs> she was like, uh, we're eating their periods. Oh, no. <laughs> and so, so I guess ultimately if there was a rooster, they would fertilize the egg and then you'd have baby chicks. Right. But right now nothing comes out. But what's great is they do double yolks. So sometimes you'll get double yolks. Wow. Which, I always get weary of the double. Are we, we're not recording. Yeah, are we? of course we are. Oh, I always get weary of the double yolks. Every time I get it, I think, well, that's, I'm getting cancer from this. Oh. I, so I make sure to not. I just had uh, shrimp last night, and someone told me there was a vein underneath the shrimp. What do you mean? There was a, underneath, like normally I devein a shrimp from the top on the back, mm-hmm. but they were pulling out this literally fluorescent blue vein on the base, on the bottom of the shrimp. I stay away from seafood. Oh, no. fucking disgust. I mean, but so anyway, I, I murdered it. I love seafood. <laughs> I don't, I hate seafood. Really? Yeah, that's not even a gay joke. I just don't like it. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> I don't like I don't like fish. I don't. I do like fish. No, I'm a vegetarian. Oh, that's right. So you don't eat any fish? I don't eat any fish. I know meat. Yeah. Except for the cock. <laughs> when did you become a vegetarian? Uh, 96. How really? old were you then? Uh, 20-ish. I was at a friend's house and the dad kept serving us meat, dish after meat dish, and I just had it. Bacon and sausage. And I thought, you know what? I'm tired of this. Yeah. Really? How do you get your meat supplement? I don't. I'm probably disintegrating on the inside <laughs> tofu beans okay. I, i've been going i've been going hardcore uh like paleo lately like just having uh just steak just any meat and uh like really raw vegetables like hardcore and then i do i'm making sure that we're all recording talk, talk to your mic again hello yeah yeah you sound great talking yours hi yeah we all sound fantastic oh good um I do, but then I, but then I do uh, kale shakes. Like I do a really aggressive kale shake. I need to be doing that. I have. I don't have any green. Anything. Let me tell you, it's so easy. What I do is I I, I take uh, a two stalks of celery, half a cucumber, a full green apple, and then as much kale as I can cram in there. This is so LA. And we're just... talking about kale and a nice back house with chickens outside and a dog resting on a couch. The number one partier in the USA, and now you're talking like this. So that's how I maintain my partying. <laughs> okay, right. I still fucking party, let that's, me tell you. You partied like people like lift weights, like you you take care of yourself to party. I take, yeah, yeah, yeah. I take care, I swear to God, like I'm on recovery right now because I've been partying very hard these last two days. Yeah. Like, really bad. Recovery as in, like, you're just joining AA for the week, and then no, you go back? It's, it would be like a, it would be like a starter's AA. Like, I, <laughs> I, but I, but it sounds really crazy, but, like, I have, a, I have a regiment. So, like, today, I had coffee. I worked out this morning. But, I, I mean, I was like, I did not, I didn't sleep. So, I do this thing called a concert to work show where I do the show in the morning. Mm-hmm. I go do press, then go to the club at like noon, and everyone calls in sick to work, and put their hardcore drinking shows. Mm-hmm. Like everyone starts, they get to the club at like nine. Everyone starts drinking at nine. Nine a.m. Nine a.m. Nine yeah. a.m. I do yeah. love day drinking. It's my favorite. It's my favorite uh, thing in the world. I, I just love. I it. love day drinking more than I like n- any drinking at all. Than people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's I the best. Yeah. I don't like- I just did my St. Patty's Day one, and it's it's massive. It's you know four hundred and. Four and ten people, I think, showed up, sold out. It's a Columbus Funny Bone, and they start drinking at nine, and we didn't stop drinking until – I didn't stop drinking until like two in the morning with Jay Farrow. God. Yeah, and so and so then I – but then I had to get on a plane and go to a college, and I was shaky. I would hope so. I, I mean, if, any, if at least, you know. I had a bottle of Jameson 
like nursed a bottle of Jameson. That's through my the college drink, by the kid. way. Not a bottle of Jameson. Just yeah. Jameson on the rocks. Oh. If I, I've, I've actually stopped drinking, not stopped completely, but I've gone from like maybe a drink once a month. Gay dudes always partied ten times harder than fucking straight dudes. But I don't. I don't think I was ever the gay guy that ever. <laughs> I loved. I loved like New York when you'd you'd get like there's a I, like a stereotype of like a young couch surfing gay guy who's. Clothes look messy, but he still looks hot. Type shit, you know what I'm talking about? And he love. He's always can get cocaine. <laughs> did, did you did you ever go to circuit parties or anything? I didn't. No, because I like to day drink. I like to I like to drink to the you know like and be in bed early. So. I, the fuck was that? Electricity. It just scared the shit out of me. <laughs> it was like a power surge. Yeah, power surge. But yeah, d- uh, uh, circuit parties are too late. You know, like I, I What's want, a circuit I want party? S- uh, you define it better. You define oh, it better. Oh, God, because I've never been to one. <laughs> I mean, they're it's just... guys without their shirts on. They're drinking just water because they probably have taken E and done Coke. And it's a pulsating loud music and tight, 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 tight bodies. And uh, if you have... If you have a shred of self-esteem, you lose them pretty quickly at these <laughs> events. So that's why I also stay away from them because I like to drink and have fun and laugh and not be caught up in that. But they, yeah, they're more focused on their bodies. I mean, he'd fit in perfectly at a. I don't. Circuit I, party. I went He's to my. The bar for, I went to my first. I guess it was a circuit party in New York. It was this. I was dating a soul cycle instructor. Didn't work. Uh, <laughs> and it. I was just. I don't know. I pretended to like it, but everybody was doing. Not, not E, but G or something. G is like a drop. GHB? Sure. It's they like kept, a liquid? Yeah, they kept yeah. dropping into drinks and stuff. And I literally was like on a rum and diet thinking like, who am I going to make out with? You know. And it was just, it, I didn't like, I don't like it. I like to be at a diner late at night and talking. Yeah. I'm just the kind of guy, I listen to, I'm like a 70-year-old gay man. I love opera, Judy Garland, Streisand. I never why, was able to is, get into how that. Did, how did, uh, how did, like, how did certain divas kind of uh become gay icons yeah why like why is that um i a couple of things one i think that gay men were not represented in society for so long that we looked to the next closest thing to see ourselves as representation and so i think a lot of times oh. gay men sort of have a, a relationship or feel related to women because women are oppressed but there's a, a masculine and a feminine quality in a lot of these women like and almost that like i think patrick you said it too that we could mimic it like with liza and barbara i mean they're kind of women who are sort of out they're, of the mold they're like drag they're already in they're sort of even though they're women they're in drag right the makeup and the costumes and the larger than life personas and the singing and, Liza. and yeah. I remember. Do you know Liza Minnelli? I uh, do, but uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The daughter of Judy Garland, and I remember. The oh, that's first a good impression. T- thank you. But I, the first time <laughs> I saw a performer perform as me, I remember turning to a friend and saying, "I don't do that," and he said, "You do." So <laughs> she was in for for all my uh, for all my meathead fans right now. Probably, she was in. She was an Arthur. <laughs> That's, yeah, she was great in Arthur. Cabaret, yeah. and I was also the daughter of Vincent Minnelli, a wonderful MGM director, and who uh, met my mother on Meet Me St. Louis. You seem like you have a, a, a large population of straight <laughs> listeners. Uh, ma- yeah. Male. So they well, don't you know, know what I'm doing. No, no, well, you know what's so funny is I don't know who my listeners are. Because a lot of times I'll meet, like. You probably have a lot of gay listeners. Um, Especially with that video of you with your shirt off. Yeah, I got like Stern has a lot of gay lists. Like gay people tend to go towards people who 
I don't know. Gays like like. I love Stern. Oh yeah, yeah I don't Stern's know. I don't know if we, we speak for the gay population, but we like people that kind of tell people to fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm so. It's so funny. I just. We were talking about this the other night. I just found out. I have like a couple friends who legit luck let dudes suck their dicks. Straight Go guys. On. Straight guys. Go and on. and Go I was like, give addresses. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you off mic who it yeah, is. Yeah. And I, I would was, love. Do I know these people? Yeah. 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 Very well. Uh, I, and, yeah, do, you're gonna do a high. We're yeah. gonna do a high. It's a little early for to do that. Range, but how wh- okay. I was, and I was, and I, I see, I grew up in a very different age. Like, I grew up when you, there, bisexual was not a real thing. That, that, like, and it's still not. It, I'm is kidding. It, I'm or teasing. is it not? Because like, my kidding. friends are saying they're just bisexual, and <laughs> no, I was I'm like, teasing. no, no, because I literally, when I was a kid, I was like, if uh, I made a joke about this on stage, if you put 10% of a dick in your mouth, you're 100% gay. <laughs> there was no sliding scale, and so. And but it was also not acceptable at all to be gay. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, when I when I'm 44, so and, and I'm 43. Okay, so, so you where did you I, grow up? Uh, Omaha, Nebraska. So you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking yeah, I about. Do. I do. And so no, wait, so and, now and Biden exists then because if you liked dick, you liked dick. Yeah, if you tuck one cock, you're a cocksucker. You know. But now I do think people are a little more fluid. Women have been allowed it with the just where, where even if they're not sexual, they're allowed to touch and be intimate and dance, and no one freaks out. Men weren't even allowed that, even if it wasn't a gay thing. But now I think men do kind of want to. Some men want to experiment more with. Men, but yeah. they're not necessarily gay, and I'd like their phone numbers. So wait, so then, so you're 43. You grew up in Omaha. I like, did. we're did this is gonna. By the way, I apologize if anything I say comes off offensive. It's just no. asking you, questions. Trust me, if okay. you listen to his podcast, they've been doing. How long have you been doing your podcast? For? Years. What's the name of your podcast? PNS Explosion. I got. They have said there. there's nothing you've said that's more offensive Fuck. than what they've gone yes. into on their podcast. Trust. Oh, <laughs> we, yeah. This oh, I is, love it. Yeah. This away. is not. And this is tepid compared to. I, yeah. I, yeah. I don't think I can offend Mateo, but uh, but I, I just yeah. Well, and, well, as comics, <laughs> comics have like a across the board like you're not like there's nothing you can say to offend me. I went to a drag show last night, and Lady Bunny, this is her joke, not mine. This is one of her jokes. So I was raping this girl, and she said, think of the children. And I said, you kinky bitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> nothing's, yeah, nothing's, so that's, and yeah. that's just, and all the, everyone's like, ah! Like, laughing, losing <laughs> mind. That's Lady Bunny, by the way. But sorry, go on. Omaha, oh, no, Nebraska. Please, yeah. So yeah. you're going to ask me so, a so when did when did you start sounding gay? Because I, I like meeting Early. you, listening to you. Well, I go. I was like, the same. I mean, when I probably squeezed out of my mother's muffin. I mean, pretty, <laughs> really? probably pretty pretty early on. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine. I mean, once you get past like two or three, where everybody sounds like a like a baby. Yeah. Uh, I just and I have memories of like people early on even like calling me a, a woman, like a what girl, like, like <laughs> they call me a woman, but like like, I, like getting confused by my voice. Yeah, yeah. they thought you were Mary. Your mother, my mother, his yes. dead no, mother. But yes, th- no. They thought I was. Th- I, I, I probably very early, probably like four or five. Really? Yeah. And so, when did? I mean, when did you know you were gay? Like the truest sense of it, probably not until high school, because I I just thought what I was feeling was what everybody else was feeling. But then I realized that people weren't. You know, I just thought oh, everybody must be like wanting to suck the you know Jeff or Mike's <laughs> cock. 
uh, you know, like uh, playing on the soccer field. But and then I was like, oh, I don't think anybody else wants to do this. You know, so I think I knew since I was like four, five. Honestly, that's one of my earliest me- not okay. So I don't even think any kid can really think of anything in Early sexualized terms. But I, I no. think knowing uh, yeah. that I was definitely different for sure. I definitely would look at Vogue magazines when I was because that was all we had in the bathrooms, and I would get a longing depression thinking I may never get a woman that beautiful in my life. How old like, were you? Probably, probably maybe ten. I don't know, but like I knew my sexuality. I like people. Like, it's so funny. I, I don't think a lot of people, a lot of straight people, try to identify when they figured out they were straight. Well, because they they're living in a society that yeah. already caters to those feelings. But I had a friend. I had a girlfriend who turned out to be gay. Uh, she came I'm a her. lesbian. <laughs> I, by the way, I, by the way, I dated like three chicks that all went gay after me. Well, you you do give off a good lesbian vibe. That's probably why. Yeah, they might think you are a lesbian. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I am I am lesbian fluid. I I, I would um, I connect with lesbians really you. well. My wife and I make our own water. Yeah, they're just such a lesbian. Hi, lesbians. Um, yeah, I. You know what's so funny? I had this Uber the Uber my Lyft driver. Sorry, Lyft driver the other day when I was leaving drinks with you was um, asking me questions and he was really rude and I kept telling him how rude he was i mean he would say something he was like oh how much i said i was an illustrator i never tell people i'm a comedian but he's like what do you do for a living and i was like you i'm told I'm, him you were an illustrator i was oh but so before i did stand up yeah before i was oh, okay. i was like what an odd choice i know i realized how I'm an strange that based sounds in, based in reality based okay. so yeah, that makes no, sense. but that makes you're right sense. if i didn't ever <laughs> you're right if you did to me it sounds normal but to anybody else like faggot but i i was a i illustrated tv commercials and fashion ads for years i was a storyboard artist really so when i when i I uh, started doing comedy. I learned very quickly. Don't tell people to do comedy. You tell people to an illustrator. They have very few questions. But anyway, so this guy kept asking me questions, and he was like, oh, like, how much do you make? And I was like, that's a rude question, and you shouldn't ask people that. Just FYI. I mean, I gave him one star. But you'll tell, you'll tell us afterwards. But I'll right? tell you afterwards. Uh, and so then he goes, okay. He said, he was asking me about, like, a woman. And I said, oh, I wouldn't know. I'm gay. And he goes, well, when did you find out you were gay? And I said, when did you find out you were straight? And he goes, I guess I always knew. I said, then you just answered your own question. Good answer. That's a really good answer. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's this it is Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, I, Wonder Woman, the Bugaloos, and uh, and Dinah Girl, and Electra Lecture, Woman. Yeah, you, you felt things. I, and I still to this day, by the way, I I started really figuring out parts of my sexuality in that, um, like it sounds silly, but there's this stuff called quicksand porn. And when I was a kid, the superhero girls would get caught in quicksand, mm-hmm. and it would turn me on, and like. They get tied up and they go. Oh, and it's like the sort of a, being restrained. A form of uh, like bondage, a form of something. Restraint. And so, anyway, I, I, someone sent me quicksand porn, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Wait, did they make quicksand porn? Oh, it's well, very your popular podcast right now. Rev- quicksand never- porn. I mean, that's great. <laughs> <Have you> co- <laughs> I love learning new things. Quicksand porn. Uh, your his podcast on penis explosion. That, that's when they discovered the fart queen. Yeah, there's a woman who makes her money turning guys on by farting through denim. And on cakes and oh. things like that. So I don't know if that's what turns you on, but I just I love when I learn a new like porn term. Or right. Something, but oh, uh, d- I almost got uh, got um, sounded one time. What the, sounded? The stick or the the? Some, it's like up your pee hole. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh. But and what? by the way, by the way, by the way, oh, note to the listeners: do not Google sounding. No. You will freak out, and all the gay porn sites will show up on your computer immediately. But I, I think the more important question is: how did you almost? 
get sounded? And how did you almost <laughs> not get sounded? Like, there I was two sides to that. I was a dominatrix gimp for a day for a TV show. So uh, I got cattle prodded in the dick. I got uh, nipple no, clamps. I got tied up. It was... It was really insane, and one of the things they were going to do was, was this sound on the me. View? <laughs> was that, like, was on... Troy Behar. Uh... <laughs> I just said for a, a TV show for yeah, a day. For, no, for I was uh, I had a show called Hurt Burt where I took dangerous jobs every day, oh and so God. one of the jobs, oh fucking my my body of work reeks of desperation. <laughs> I mean, I, just... I actually think you do a great job of creating your own content. Oh. So, I mean, don't, don't wait for other people to tell you what to do. You're just doing it, which yeah. is awesome. But, yeah, so, but you also almost got sounded in that process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as soon as I got sounded, I was like, holy shit. And then this lady, Mistress Isabella, kind of. it's a really interesting that I guess it's insightful people that know what they're turned on to. And then there were certain things that she showed me that I was like, oh, fuck, that's hitting a button. Like, And I can't imagine I have uh, – I can't imagine what it would feel like to try to deny that. To, for me to be turned on to something like like uh, like if I if my wife puts on rubber gloves, I literally fucking I'm like uh like to wash the dishes. <laughs> oh, dude, really? Oh my god! And I can I, I tell you, if I smell them, I fucking lose my shit. Really? The god, smell? you'd be an easy lay. I could just oh. walk in, throw on some rubber gloves. I could literally get and fucked and out. do my dishes <laughs> at the same time. The, my only gay thought I've ever had was Brad Pitt in Fight Club when he's got those yellow rubber gloves on. Oh, I'm like, my. I everyone went, oh. would fuck Brad Pitt in yeah. that, except me. But everyone else would. In that one, he was very universal. Yeah. yeah. He was he yeah. just ripped and But what do you think it was about the rubber gloves? I have no idea. I have no clue. But Mr. Isabella kind of connected. So my whole point is, I can't imagine, like, I want I knew I was straight based off of the, the, but but it's interesting that you say that cuz you go yeah I guess everyone always yeah, knew Yeah cuz I remember being turned on when I was like 5 by like a music video a guy was wearing leather pants it was the first time I'd ever seen a guy wear leather pants before and that was you know making everything downstairs hum so it was both yeah. the was it the leather and the man or just the man Both yeah but yeah. it was specifically the man in the leather pants and I remember thinking well that's I like that. I remember one time, like, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, like, maybe just that, like, music videos and stuff. I can't really remember what else is it. Like, when I'm thinking, like, really young. But then in middle school, I was really aware of guys and being turned on and, you know. But but you're younger than us, right? You're, yeah, I'm you're like, 30. Yeah. So did you grow up? No, when it, it was, was not easy. No. Oh, it wasn't? No. Because right it, now, it's cool to be gay. Or, or, like, well, now it's, like, school. with vlogs and YouTube and Instagram, it's, like, I think I like um, identity and self identity and like being unique is is celebrated. Where when I was in middle school, it was not. It, it was about conforming and being like everybody else. And if you weren't like everybody else, you were you know ridiculed for it. And of course, I was effeminate and uh, running around, with, hanging out with girls, and guys were just always sort of like turned off by my energy and so i was really made fun of middle school was the worst that was the worst of it yeah it was horrible but uh, you know i thank god for women i always think gay men if without women would be we'd be dead but then they eventually betray you then they they get then they get married and they don't need you anymore so i don't know if you're at that stage in your life yes uh also in a business though where people are three of my best girlfriends have gotten on that ship and it sailed they are now with their husbands, and we rarely speak. Really? Uh-huh. But best, I mean, like, grew up together, best friends together. But that's also understandable. But, you know, they find a husband, and that's like a boat just sails away. He also away. has a gay brother. Your brother's gay? Yeah, my older brother's also gay. 
And my cousin. My cousin grew up on the same block as us. Now, do you believe that you are... Because this is... Genetic? Yes. Yes. Because my mother is Italian and Mexican, and her grand, her father... So she, uh, I'm her, interested to see how that works into turning you gay. Oh, uh, so I'll... I feel like <laughs> you picked these two. We... Uh, I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> no, okay. So this is why. So we think it's genetics because my mom's one of seven. Five of the seven are Mexican-Italian. The other two, my grandma remarried a Sicilian, are just Italian-Italian, right? Okay. So the three of the five boys on the Mexican side are gay. Three of the five. Wow. And then everyone else on the Sicilian side, which I think is four, are not. And uh, we think my uncle, my, we think my aunt's uncle, uh, I don't want to say their names, but he w- we think he was gay because he was beaten up in high school and he was, and he's Mexican. He had a, like a women's hair salon. He did theater. He was effeminate. Like we, you know, my aunt's and he's like, he was definitely gay. So I wonder, it, we are always <laughs> like, it's the Mexican side that we're, we're all gay because we're Mexican. But yeah, so we, I think it, if I, if it was genetics, that would be the most proof that I have. Because I always thought I always thought it was I thought it was offensive to say homosexuality was a choice. I always thought that. But now there's uh the lib the left has gotten so fucking insane. Well there's like queer sci fi or whatever what? they call it. There's like two spirits, queer, uh queer identified well, there's uh, so many letters too. R two D two L G B T R two D two C three PO. I mean there's queer, yes. can, queer doesn't necessarily mean you're gay. It, it could mean that you're an ally. It could mean that you're you're questioning. But there's also another letter. You for wear a dress. For Q. Yeah, you, there's just queer is a sort of catch-all for what you, I think you're saying, and not in an offensive way to people yeah. who are identified as queer, but where you kind of can be everything. Yeah, we're, I, like, we're in that culture a little bit of where everybody gets a medal. Yeah, now, now everybody's gay. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> well, we had a teacher. We had a teacher in college tell us that um that that everyone was was gay. And that, like, and I remember being in class, being like, "Wait, how, is, how could you tell me I'm gay?" And then, uh, and it was there's, a woman. It was a woman. Uh, everyone in this class is. Uh, hi, uh, hi. You, uh, I'm Roberta. Uh, I feel like we're now we're is our a lesbian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But just, what do you think? She was uh, a, a lesbian. She must have been. But the there's a there's a faction that says that it is not genetic now because. Mm-hmm. They're they're f- afraid that if they do say that it's genetic, that they'll be able to isolate that gene and, and parents and parents change it or mm-hmm. or which is so slippery. They can or, change or, it, but or then or expect do have an abortion because because I said to my wife the other day, I said if we were just talking, I go if you could take a pill that would ensure. That your child was straight, would you do it? And she said no. I said that's so funny though, because you took prenatal vitamins to make sure they were healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm assuming that if they had that pill, people people would. Some yeah. people would. I don't think it's genetic in the same way that your eyes are blue or brown. I think it's. I mean, it really is just like I don't know if it's a, a genetic makeup or. There's also studies that show that when a uh, uh, it could be from the hormones that the fetus releases and the body releases, and it's during brain development. So there's a bu- there's a bunch of explanations as to why people are think, the way they are. But do you think, on average, do you, do you think gay men are smarter than straight men? N- what I think you're trying to get to is, I think. Anytime, this is how I'll answer the question. And do you, <laughs> do you run into dumb gay guys? It's, yes. <laughs> uh, 
Are you serious? Are you out of your mind? Yeah. Like every um, gay guy I know seems to be like intelligent. I don't sure. really run into like like I mean dumb straight guys. I they're a dime a fucking dozen. I, I, here's what I I think anyone who sort of grows up having to look from the outside in is not necessarily smarter, but just grows up quicker or is more aware of their surroundings, which I think straight people a lot of times are not aware of their surroundings. Like a lot of, you know, I've been doing stand-up for five years and people, one thing people said to me, and a lot of gay men get this, is, wow, you found, you figured out your voice so quickly, it takes so long for people to, well, I, since I was 13, I was having to look from the outside in. So I was hyper aware of not only how other people felt of me and society, but how I was acting. And there was a constant need to check on myself was I would I walk a certain way talk a certain way look a certain way I mean when you're just hyper aware of what you're giving off and trying to avoid conflict uh, avoid conflict you you get smart real quick yeah so you know yeah of course I learned my voice because I was trying to deny what I knew for so long so it getting on stage and being myself is not the biggest challenge for me in comedy where i think some straight people where it's so easy to live and you know grow up and everything is sort of made for you and your gender is already set for you you know you may not be as aware of your feelings or what what your what ticks you off you know i think that's really interesting because i I, this is the most serious I've ever been on a podcast, by the way. Oh, no. I, I, this is, by the way, I can tell when my fans like shit because like I get it. engaged. If I I'm the engaged first tweet, in the I get a faggot. The what? The first tweet, you get a faggot. Yeah, you fucking faggot. That's from me. No. <laughs> I, Rogan started, was the first guy I knew to take that word out of the vernacular, and he stopped saying it altogether. This is probably five years ago, and this is before Todd Glass came out and explained to everyone what that word meant to how that word affected him growing up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the problem is the, I will say that nowadays when you do hear it, it does have a real snap to it. It should. <laughs> it's like, it was People said get, so they get, much. They get in, jarred. If I say it at a show, well, specifically LA audiences, but yeah. uh, when I, I said faggot last night, the room went, <gasps> and then I said, who is gay here? No one raised their hands. So I said, so what, are we talking I think because about? they're now trained, if that's the right verb, to n- n- not even say that word, think that word, right. which is progress. But it is. But it's something about. I, I find that we say it um, sort of to take the power away. Yes. from it, but it's still a hard word and a, and a I, horrible th- word. So one of the reasons why I love Pat is because when I came out of the closet, I was eighteen. My brother. And we're not close, my brother and I. He's not a bad person. We're just not close. He gave me a CD with a podcast he t- burned on it, which was he yours. Talks this, he, he talks so hard. My name is Vince. And um, it was his podcast, and it was three gay men, and I was 18 listening to it. And they had a segment on the show that said, when you're called a faggot, let us know. So people would call on the show. Hi, I was walking down the street, and a car rolled down the windows and screamed faggot at me. And then everyone said, well, he was asking for it. Anyways, it's like, I mean, that's, <laughs> our, that's our way of taking the piss out of right. it. But, but you know. that saved me. That 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 to really saved the, me. The, the, the yes. anger behind that word because I was so in fear of that word because I've been called it a thousand times to hear. You've gay. been called it. I've been called it a thousand times too. But very different. Meaning. Very different because you know you're not. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but yeah, like you you heard that and didn't go home and you know like oh like I'm because we found when we would hear that. We thought we'd been discovered. Yes. Or we'd been oh. found out and then all hell's going to break loose. Right. Because where you heard it, and yes, you didn't like the word, but then you still had that longing for a woman. And I, I don't know, you probably forgot, but I, we ate that. 
Right. For, for all those years. I have, yeah. That's actually Swallowed very. It, it just blow up in our stomachs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. I mean, yeah. I, I yeah. I, Not uh, to take away. If you were hurt by it, I no, 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 too, no, but, no, no, no. I was never hurt by it. I was actually he, called it in, like, when I heard it, it was more of, like, a friendly. Well, I think I went to an all boys high school. And I did that too. That was a term that was also thrown around. So I don't think it wounded everybody. I think that just was a term of endearment almost. Sort of, so like, funny. Yeah. It's, it's, there was a guy uh, that sat next to me all growing up. I went to an all boys Catholic high school too, who uh, is now gay. He's out. He lives in LA. He's an actor. Um, Shocking. You know what's crazy is he saw me. I've had two run ins of guys that I grew up with that have since come out. And one was in New York, and one was this guy. He was doing headshots with my roommate. And my roommate said, Lorenzo was like, hey, uh, where'd you grow up? He said, Tampa. And he said, so funny. My roommate grew up in Tampa. He goes, really? He goes, where'd you go to school? And he goes, Jesuit. And he goes, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. you did Jesuit t- high school. Yeah. Where? where uh, Omaha. In Omaha. Prep. Um, and Hi, Creighton Prep. <laughs> he, goes, uh, he goes, my roommate went to Jesuit. When did you graduate? And he goes, 91. He goes, hold on. And he brings him down, and the guy looks – the guy – immediately is like fuck there's mm-hmm. a i have to explain so he goes down and he goes bert do you know him and i look at him and i'm like i'm not gonna say his name because i don't i don't I, I just feel like it i don't think it matters but i don't want to say it for this guy but let's just call him dan i go dan what the fuck are you doing here and he just looked at me and froze and he's like i'm gay and i was like okay and i was like in my head i was like yeah i think i knew that in high school but i didn't say anything and he's like I'm doing headshots. And then I was like, dude, it's so good to see you. And then the other one was my little brother in my fraternity. He came out. <laughs> I was walking by Bryant Park in New York, and I saw him. He's, uh, like, doing nails on a corner. No. He had a Puerto Rican <laughs> guy had his hand in his back pocket. Oh, and, that's and how it you was, know. <laughs> and it, was, but it was so funny. I didn't recognize it. I didn't notice that until, like, but he's like, there's a dude's hand in my back pocket. And I'm like, let's just call him Dan again. I go, Dan, what's up? And he's like, he's like, I, hi, Bert. I'm gay, and I was like, oh, my. and I was like, I knew it, like, because he was, he, ne- he never lost his virginity. He like didn't, well, he wanted to save himself for. I haven't found the right girl yet. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, <laughs> that just was me working at Michael's. Um, but, but, I in my head, it's so funny is that I don't think I said the word a million times growing up, but I would never say it to someone that I, assuming they were gay, I would say it to my best friends, who by the way could have been gay, I just didn't know it. But I would have never said it to the two Dans I just talked about. I just think also it was it, it, it was a time that people were not as hyperly aware of uh, offending people and what words meant. And I'm not saying that takes away from the pain that a lot of that it inflicted in a lot of people. But I think now people seem to be really aware of words and what they mean and and double meanings and what you can and what you can't say and pronouns and it's 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 like it's become a whole other thing. Yeah, it's it's so interesting though. Did to... you have a bully in high school? I did. Oh, f- who do who? Oh, I won't say the name, but I wrote him uh, a couple of years ago because I saw him on Facebook and he was had kids and they looked like they're having the time of their lives. And I wrote him, you know, I wasn't even friends with him. But I wrote him and said, "Looks like you're happy. Your kids look happy. I hope that you don't raise them to be as horrible as you." <gasps> Oh shit! Good I for said, you. You ruined my high Wait, school experience. Can, can you just show me what he looks like? I, I, I will. I, I won't will. say his and name. He but, actually oh. responded, and uh, like I could tell he was truly apologetic. But I thought I just can't see you, and also a lot of friends. You know how you can see on Facebook, you can see your friends that are friends with him. Like you fucking traitors! This guy was a monster. Like no, no, none of you should be talking to him. But Dude. now he is. He's you know he's an adult and probably is probably pretty nice. And what did he say? He just wrote back and said, "I'm sorry that." 
I was awful, you know, yeah. or something like that. And I just thought, okay. See, I think like I think good. I gave off a I gave off a very vulnerable, sensitive vibe. Yeah, you don't come. Some straight guys, I think, don't come off. Um, I think if they're like yeah. if they like are confident in themselves or they know who they are, that they were not they're not threatened by someone else being gay. But some it's, it's always like one or the other. Like one is either super threatened by someone else being gay. This is me when I was in high school, and then the other would be like they just didn't give a shit. Some guys were just totally confident in themselves and didn't give a shit. And you have that vibe where it's like you just yeah. I don't think you give a shit. But I also got bullied aggressively most, but. It was an all boys Catholic high school, so you, I think you know what I'm talking about when yeah. you, like, there were there were just fucking alphas who were dicks. Who, if you were the guy wearing a trench coat listening to the Smiths, you were out of the norm, and they were like, "Fucking light this bitch up." And Maybe then, they'd find your weakness, yeah, you know, or whatever they perceived their your weakness to be. So you didn't have to necessarily be gay to also be bullied by those same people. They it, just, was they, big, they, it was big. It was big Cuban was that guys. About people like what is that? Like they just you know Fran Lebowitz always says she's like there's no such thing as democracy it's not natural in humans look at a playground you'll see immediately that one kid is in charge and the rest he's follow look, he's kind of weaselly looking can i see uh, yeah and he's with this kid he kind of like, looks like matt bronger oh, he looks like a <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah he does he's he does. like a nice <laughs> you know, yeah but i it, his like, hair looks like a shitty julius caesar from hell um but I'll yeah i think it. that i do think we probably a lot of us were probably were bullied in high school but you know just for what it's we a perceive. very you guys got a very different type of bullying that I got. I think Pat, you put it and you said it perfectly where we feel like we've been discovered because I think found out, the, yeah. yeah, found out. I think the difference is that some people are bullied and it hurts, and some people are bullied, and it is this thing where like if. You know, being gay, it's like, oh, God, no one else. You just feel like no one else can know. You have that. You just have to protect that secret as much as you possibly can. Or yeah, all hell's, hell will mm-hmm. break loose. Yeah. I mean, your mom might have just, just, you know, oh, there's Jimmy again looking at porn. I mean, but like if anyone in our world knew we were like thinking about men, I think that would have been very harsh. What did your mom say to you when you came out of the closet? She blamed my friend. She said she thought like, did Don put you up to this? Like, of, 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 uh, I said no, I did it myself. But no, I just I, Don I just, put you just, up to everything this? wasn't normal. The things we were liking weren't normalized. So we were correct, so afraid. Correct. We were so afraid of people finding out. That's why I make a joke because the first gay person I saw on TV was C three PO. Yeah, we didn't have Glee. Yeah, we had we had a robot who was gay. You know, C three PO is very Britishy and super gay. Teach, is that on your Seth Meyers set? Uh huh. Georgia, my oldest and I watched your Seth Meyers set the other night. It was right right before we did Goddamn Comedy oh, Jam. Cool. And uh, and you in it you do you do some straight guy voices. Yeah. And Georgia goes, hold on, I can't tell. Is he? gay or is that the act and i went no georgia he's definitely gay look at my shirt and she goes plus the dick with yeah. in your mouth yeah that they had to CGI that the sort of gave it away yeah. which i'm glad that they allowed that, nice that they allowed it yeah. yeah yeah the uh but i she goes but yeah but he can do a regular voice why didn't he just do that all the time i go i think this is what he sounds like georgia and she was like she's that's the 12. point of the joke yeah and i and she yeah she, but she was working toward it. that's yeah that's, it's a brain working, trying to figure you out. Yeah, she was like, I don't, wait, I'm confused. And then she was like, hang on, he's not really gay, he's doing that for his act. And I went, no, he's really, I go, why would you I do Even that though for I opened with, oh, me, baby, no car. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, I open yeah. in like my falsetto. You're a really interesting person that I, like, that I f- literally go, I can't imagine I've even gotten close or will be able to close to scratch the surface 
on this podcast. Because like as soon as you go, I was an illustrator, I sang opera, I, there's like three things already where I go, you know, not a lot of comics have that backstory. A lot of comics are just like, uh, I yes. wanted, uh, I worked the door at a comedy club. <laughs> I'm like drawing TV commercials and singing with drag queens and stuff. So, yeah, and I've had synesthesia. I do have synesthesia. synesthesia. Yeah, What's that? it's a th- it's um uh, it's gonna sound crazy. If people don't know what it is. It's a brain. Your senses, uh, your senses in brain development start overlapped. In other words, like the, they they eventually find their own paths. Like they could become separated. Mine didn't. So when I see numbers or letters, I see color. Or when I hear music, I see color. So everything is color associated, like unprovoked. Two is red. I'm, not, I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, like, it's it's a weird thing. It's it's you have to look it up because I'm going to sound insane. Some people have it; they taste shapes. Like it's just your brain sort of makes us uh, makes associations with things that you can't help. Other than it. just seeing the number two, you see red. Yeah, or when, you just see red. When I see two, like I'm looking at the letter A over there, I'm seeing A, but the A is I know that's yellow. My brain is telling me that that is yellow. The E is green. The is, is that, purple. How is that? How do you how, like? <laughs> I know. I, you brought something. <laughs> that's going to be hard to explain. I just love it. I, don't under, I still don't understand it. I've known him for years. But I just love that there's this weird quirk about him that you can say these things and he sees something. I have met one other person who has this has synesthesia. And it's a real thing. You can look it up. And I took it. Yeah. Like I, I met with people who like look stuff up for synesthesia. They're like, uh, do, they want to meet people who have synesthesia and like do tests and stuff like that. So I did like a synesthesia test with everyone of uh, this group or whatever but i met one other person who had it and he was a she at the time but he um and i felt wait hold on he was he's, tra- a- he trans- he's transitioning so he's a dude now dude now okay but we had uh, so much in common we both we both met in art school we both drew the same we approached drawing the same which is an artist when you see another artist approach a drawing the same way as you you tend to cling on to each other because people approach illustrations very differently yeah but him and I felt way on the same wavelength. We also were both musically inclined. We were both, I mean, we just, our brains sort of worked together. And it was interesting because it was the first person I'd ever met that I could sit down and talk to about, like, let's listen to music and talk about what we see. I know this sounds so weird. No, no, no. It, is sound, it does sound weird, but I think it adds layers to, like you were saying, these layers to him. I've known him for years and it's still, it's kind of, I'm still trying to figure him out. But I not heard, in a bad I, way, but like you just have all these fascinating layers. I think the coolest thing about uh, what's happening in, with media and, and that a conversation like that and this comes up is that you start going, oh, I got that shit too. Not that, but like I remember a long time ago, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me because I, I, would, I would think really insanely horrible thoughts mm-hmm. and, I, and I couldn't stop it. And then Patrice O'Neill and I were in Scotland and I made a joke about it. I made a jo- tried to make a joke on stage about it. And Patrice is like, "Yeah, you got intrusive thought." And I said, "What's that?" And he goes, "It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's a mental disorder." He goes, "I got it too." Mm. He's like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Remember my joke about?" He had a great joke about uh, some lady wanted him to hold his baby. And he goes, "I can't hold your baby because immediately I'm like, fuck it, I want to throw it on the ground." Mm. And he and he's like, "You're not supposed to think like that." But mm-hmm. that's and then she's like, "No, please hold it." And he's like, "Come on, fuck it. She doesn't want the baby. Punt it." <laughs> like, she look, she's going to try to give it to him. And so I was like, "Oh, wow, I got intrusive thought." And yeah. it's also a part of OCD. I I have OCD a little bit. Yeah. This is something one of my best friends has that yeah. he's dealing with right now, and it's bad. Oh, uh, OCD. But he too- has He's got it. Yeah, he's. We're talking about like I had the like, darkest moment in my life with obsessive compulsiveness was um, I uh, ha- I had my first one night stand in New York. 
Um, by the way, I just met a comic. We'll, we'll, I'll talk to you about her later. I think you know her, but I never, Bert, shut the fuck up. So, <laughs> and so, uh, so I had my first one night stand, and I was working at Barnes and Noble on Astro Place. Faggot. And so, yeah. <laughs> so, and so I. It's good. Uh, there was a gay guy that I that had just come out of the closet. He was from the Midwest, and he was my, the, we worked together, and he was my introduction into. Uh, anything I didn't ever even knew a gay guy, but uh-huh. he was—he had just discovered his sexuality. And he was fucking all the time. He f- got fucked out of a—he had a, came in with a black eye. He got fucked out of a loft bed one night. And he was oh, like boy. rough fucking God, night. He was like he—he he was wow. fucking getting it. He got fucked and out of a loft bed. <laughs> yeah, he got fucked out of a that, loft bed. That is a I'd New York story. I introduced myself like that. If I was something that happened, I'd be like, "I'm—it's my name." I, I am Pat Powers. Powers. I got, I got fucked, out of, a loft fucked out of a loft bed. I'm here for the job. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he. That's your credit. Yeah, hi, hi, he I'm was uh, he was concerned that he had gotten uh, herpes. I think, or I don't know what it was. And so we were talking about it. He was like, "I'm freaked out. I think I got something. I don't know." But he was fucking a lot, and I was like, and then I had a one night stand, and immediately my brain, I'm I'm with him. I'm feeling his energy. He has the medical book, and he's looking at it, and then I'm in the bathroom and I start looking at my dick and I convince myself that I've got something mm-hmm. and I start spiraling so fucking bad. All I remember and this of is course, the most one gay guy takes him and throws him into a fucking <laughs> and the gay guy yeah. by all the it way, takes is one gay guy. <laughs> by the way, by the way, he was sucking dudes dicks at nightclubs like on the reg, like he was, he told me about this nightclub that I'd been to, and he goes, "Go behind the curtain. That's where everyone's fucking." And I was like, "What?" And there, apparently, there was this big curtain on the other side. I remember peeking my head through, and there were dudes. It was down in the meatpacking district. I went to a place in, in well, there was a place called the Cock in the East Village where that happens all the time. Yeah. But and for some reason, even though it's like one of this, it looks like a Renaissance painting of hell in the basement. I mean, that's what the the visual looks like of this gay club. Yeah. But there's an Irish woman in like her early hundreds who is a, early. It, 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 Early hundreds. Who is she's the door guy? So like all these like big beefy men wearing no clothes are walking in. She's like, "Have a good time, latte." (laughs) Um, But there was a place in Rome like that. My friend uh, took me to, and it was a bathhouse. And you went in, and they had like one room. It was like a normal room, a room that you could smoke and watch porn, and then a room that was literally. A black room. I mean, it was like you couldn't see any. You could see nothing in there, and you just go in. And I did not go in. I sat and smoked cigarettes and watched TV with my friend Jesse. And Jesse was like, oh, oh we should go. But my <laughs> my friend, he sounds like Julie Childs. I but, would never be able to not go. Oh, like, I was I, horrified. I was literally smoking cigarettes. And there was like a, uh, this um, Chinese-Italian man speaking to us. And he was just like, when are we going to go in the room? When are we going to go in the room? And I was just like, non adesso. Like, we just kept yelling at him, not now. Yeah. It was kind of scary. So there aren't black rooms for you to just honk a woman's knockers out of nowhere? If there was, it would still be just dudes. Okay. Oh yeah, of course. Women, yeah. When you talk about grinder, women are like no my, woman would ever put herself. My into brother, that. who is straight, is very jealous of the gay community. Like he's like, I just love it if there was like I got something that I could truly drive over to a woman's house, like honk her knockers, like stick one in, and like never talk to her again. He's like, it just it doesn't work like that. No. He's just, yeah. He hears all these stories of me and my friends of that just like someone will come up literally just for like one type of thing and leave and never bother you again. Oh. He's like, why well, that just doesn't happen. I yeah. said to uh, I said to with Tom Segura and I. Tom Segura is a comedian. And he's like uh, probably one of really close friends. And so we did this weight loss challenge, and then Rogan flew us up to San Francisco. We 
uh, flew first class, got loaded on the flight there, went to a Cavs-Golden State Warriors game, sat courtside, fucking smoked weed, got high as shit, had a great fucking steak dinner, stayed at the Four Seasons. The next morning, we're drinking Tito's and sodas on the flight home, and in the middle of the flight home, both a little high, he just looks at me and just goes, dude, if we were gay, this is what it would be like. And I was like, all the time. I was like, fuck. <laughs> and he was like, just, I mean, just having a great fucking time, laughing our asses off. I, you know, you think you would think that, but I, I think a lot of gays, their demons get to them. I mean, I don't think every gay is just like living it up. I mean, I think those are, there's still a lot of, you know, we're still. <laughs> but but then the other time, no, then there, there I are. Think gay- it's the, I think it's the. Uh, because a lot of gays are um, unattached children-wise. I mean, they're starting yeah, so to we do get and, to like and, and adopting the mainstream way of doing things. So they have a lot of freedom to like. I think they may not go to all those sports things you referenced. I my <laughs> yeah. brain my brain yeah. melted a bit. I wasn't sure what you're saying. But, but, but the equivalent <laughs> of that. I guess technically not all pro- gay guys would want to go to Golden State Cavs <laughs> yeah, game. Well, you do, I think yeah. I was like, I think he's speaking English. I'm not sure. <laughs> I might have had a stroke. I'm not sure what he's saying. But yes, but it's that freedom. It's I think that that's the thing you probably you were talking about with your friend was just this ability to like uh, this whole day can just be about us, us hanging out with us. friends, yes. and, and I mean, whether it's booze or drugs or sports or movies or d- d- black rooms where you can just honk, you know, dicks, and it's, you can, <laughs> we can all have that. Yeah, I, it's. I mean, I, I have a lot in common with my wife, and I love her, but at the end of the day, she's a woman, and I'm a man, and we have very different wants and needs out of life. Yeah, every like, time I hear straight people talk about, like, men trying to get women or women she trying to... She wanted a lot of I, eye just, contact and affirmation. She wanted to cuddle last night. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She was like, I go, we're watching Black Sails, and then at the end of the night, she's like, could it be possible for us just to lay in bed and cuddle? And I was like, well, I can try. And then I was like, nah, I got to have yeah. sex. Yeah. She's just like. What, it is, what, what, did, what does it take to make a woman come, Pat? Like, I thought, like, just solid eye contact and tell, like, telling them you care. And, and holding up, like, a 401k. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, showing him yeah. the 401k that we're safe. <laughs> I, I'm helping with the nest here. We're, yeah. we're good. And then she starts to juice, I think. And she knows oh. that <laughs> you got enough in your bank account that you're going to, you know. Game and knowing nothing about it. women's sexuality. Yeah, that's our take on women. But um, I, I think, um, yeah, I, was, I always hear, like, uh, my friends talking about, like, how hard it is for, like, guys and girls. Like, it's like, oh, this, this. it just sounds like there's such a damn you have to play because men and women really I don't think understand each other yeah. and, and in a lot of ways I think but gay men there's just a direct like well, it's, the, it's the, the the thing your friend also was saying it's like the man the male energy you know you, you're doing everything but fucking well excuse me except for fucking <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing everything but, but fucking, fucking but, but then imagine you two, two men with the same like energies I mean that's like who don't want to cuddle? They just both want to fuck, you know. So oh, I, I already know. I'd I'd come home and I'd open the door and I'd go. We've already Tom and I used to make a joke about it. And I go, I'm just gonna wrestle, fuck you, try to hide. And he'd just run, and I'd fucking attack him. <laughs> I got a little bit of a semi with him. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah, straight men do a lot of gay stuff, dude. I, I'll tell you right now, I gay jokes meaning like. Like like Liza. No, no, no. Like, uh, like making, <laughs> like being gay with your friend is my favorite. Pastime. It was my favorite like, pastime no, too. No, but like, 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 uh, like last night. Last night, um, I was with my buddy Eric, and we're checking out a Gelson's, and I'm sitting with all the cart with the groceries, but he's getting vodka, and so he had to go back in line. And someone goes, "Can I help you?" And I just went, "Oh no, I'm waiting for my boyfriend." 
that and that doing that as straight guys is so much fucking fun. Like like uh, why, why do you think that is? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> like, but like my buddy Eddie and I used to. Uh, we used to blow uh, each other. No, no, nothing too gay. Just blew each other. Just <laughs> suck each other's dicks until we blew loads okay. of our mouths. But like we used to, uh, it's, it's now it's just gonna sound gay. <laughs> but you're, we, you're safe. We you're safe. we used to um, see who would tap out first. Like so, what we you jack off together and see who would so, come no. first. I'm just getting comfortable now. No, okay. <laughs> no like in public we would pretend. To be uh, dating, okay. and we would see which one would stop the game first, and I be like, so. like, like one time we were in line, and he was like, "Honey, come here," and I was like, "Fuck, it started." Like it was just like it, it would, and he'd he'd go. Uh, I think that's he, more about seeing how uncomfortable you can make people around I think you, that might be t- or making each other uncomfortable. Yeah, like that was what is more about like, all inclusive, like everybody. Uncom- yeah. Oh, hello. Where's this fucking? Phone I love that here? you have a house phone. Uh. I mean, that's a landline. Yeah, it's that, for it's for radio. I mean, was that the devil who was just talking through your phone? <laughs> that yeah. was the devil. Called <laughs> Jesus Christ! I fucking hate this phone in here. My wife's like, "You need it just in case." And just so, in case for moments well, I, like this. Yeah, I, I call nine one one. I do call into radio shows sometimes, and so you can't. It's better to have a landline. These are calling to radio. I, also, I think you're the gay thing you're talking about too. Is as a, a comic, you I probably like to push and see what the reactions are. I've, I've noticed this with you know the comics I've met through him too. It's there's like you. It, it happens to be you're using gay as the the the, me, the medium to do it, but I think you just want to see what the room does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or what cousin, the other person does. My cousin and I used to we would do um, we pull up to like a red light and then he'd be in the passenger seat and we'd get right next to the window of the person and he would start flailing his arms and losing it and screaming and just like what like is- and I would of course not react and we would tr- see how long it would take would this person react would they not react and most yeah. of the times people try their best to pretend nothing's going on yeah. while there's a person flailing and freaking out in the car around you screaming yeah, yeah. and cr- <laughs> crowing like a chicken but. That's and you know they're not responding. Is this your? Is this the gay cousin? Uh huh. Did you? Are you and your cousin close? Like we talk. I think I was literally. These are all my texts from him just this morning. Oh really? We talk nonstop all day every day. Really? All day every day. Yeah. And if you if you spoke to him, you, you wouldn't be able to tell who's talking. We have the same like mannerisms, voice, everything. Really? Yeah. We both didn't get along with our brothers, but we grew up next to each other and we're the same age. Yeah, and... you grew up on the street where you had nineteen kids. Yeah, <laughs> all my cousins. Yeah. Where did I hear that? Yeah, in my stand up, I oh, grew yeah. up. I, you know, I exaggerate, but I did grow up. My mom's one of seven, and she had um, all her brothers and sisters had kids at the exact same time. So I grew up literally with my cousins. I mean, I, it, I'm not making a joke. Probably four days out of the week, I was with my cousins. Or it was like you, we'd be eating dinner and my Uncle Mike would just burst in. He's like, I can't fit this turkey in my freezer. Take it. You know, like that's the, I would if I didn't like what my mom was making, I eat at my Aunt Cindy's house. Like that's the kind of life I grew up that in. That is so and fucking cool. It, we were very – that was the – like – that was the most Italian thing that I got from my mom and her family. Because most people are like, eh, my mom makes gravy. But like ours was more about the actual actual culture of Italy where it was all about the family. All, like my, I saw my grandparents realistically three days a week growing up. They really? were just always in my life. Where did you, yeah. where did you live? In Chicago. Wow. What, in like, like what area of Chicago? Arlington Heights. We so, grew up in Arlington Heights next to O'Hare. Okay. Yeah. 
But it's it was. But my cousin, who's also gay, I mean, we didn't know each other were gay when we were little kids. But um, he's also an artist. He lives in New York now, and he's in men's fashion. And we were just, I think, because we both of our brothers were not close to us, but we had like a similar energy, and we were just inseparable. I mean, he was my. I still think he's my soulmate, not like as in a, like a lover way, but I think people can be. You know, just a like platonic, yeah, like a connection. You know, yeah. yeah, he's my best friend. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, what, what, how old were you when you had your first sexual experience? Probably, um, like thirteen. I made out with a girl. Yeah. This girl named oh, I'm not gonna say her name, but she was Dan. I made out with Danielle. Dan. Danielle. Danielle, and Danielle. I used to try and date women. Like I'd work at Michael's, and I dated this girl Francesca, who I still talk to. She's great, she but sexy. I broke up with her in the yarn section. She cheated on me with her Puerto Rican boyfriend who lived in his mom's basement. <laughs> yeah. It was horrible. Normal. I could never. Did you? And you dated women, right? You I mean, like in high school? Yeah, I, I fingered a few women. And just, <laughs> have you ever fucked a chick? I've never fucked a chick. Just you with never my fucked dig- a chick? No, just with, just with my digits. Just with my fingers. Did you ever fuck a chick? No, never. I'm a gold star game. Shut up. Those, those that area scare is very scary. <laughs> I remember seeing my brothers. Uh, they're seven and eight years older than I am, and I'd see their Playboys, and I just, like, like my eyes couldn't settle on that the vagina. It just looked too weird. And then many years later, when I felt it and saw it, I was like, ooh. Was oh. like in a movie, like, when someone touches something and they can, like, you know, see their history or, like, some of those sci-fi movies, like, I just felt, like, years of oppression if I were to follow this any further. It's so funny. When I first saw a vagina, I looked at it the same way Sir Edmund Hillary must have looked at Everest. Just, like, I've uh, got to fucking go there. That longing, you said. Like, when you're not just, you're talking about the, the Vogue model. You're probably the same thing with that. But I've got to have I'm that. I'm also trying not to sound like misogynist, but I, I think, like, it, it's <laughs> like, I'm sure women look at, I remember my sister talking about dicks, you know, her and her friends, like, ew, like, you know, they like didn't understand, like, it came out at you and is it going to twirl and spin and stuff like that. Oh. I think it's like every does it. It de- well, okay. Pat. <laughs> do we have twirl, to talk? Twirl and spin. We do. Okay. Uh, dick so I think everyone's like afraid of each other's genitals. Pieces. Fortune Femster has a great joke about when she was giving a guy a hand job. She was like, "I'm gonna make it like work." Like you know, she like. Yeah. I think was it Fortune? Yeah, it was Fortune. It's Fortune's. Less, a huge lesbian. Okay, okay, yeah. She's I don't also know one her. of the funniest people I've only, ever. I've only seen her do stand up once, uh, meaning like in in person, and I she made me laugh hysterically. Oh, she's so funny, and she's also like the nicest. Oh, she's so cool. Yeah, I, I went up to her to tell her she was funny, and I think she thought I was a fan and passed by me, and I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Now, what was your first uh, gay experience, sexual experience? Like a a sleepover, like guys humping each other and stuff. Wait, wait, wait. wait, Walk me through this. Yeah, that's like pretty much, I mean, nothing big. I mean, guys would like like, truth or dare. Like, I mean, I was like not taking part of it, but it was like the same thing, like straight people acting gay, like as a joke. Oh, yeah. But I mean, first gay experience was in college with this guy. I made the worst choice. It was this guy who I think when you're coming out of the closet, you'll just anyone who can get, rip you out of that closet, you'll just take it. By the way, it's, it's the same with being straight. I didn't I didn't get the ones I wanted all the time. No, no, no. Just the ones that were there. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, I took anything I could get yeah. also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. This guy is—he is, was the worst artist. He would like wrap himself in wire, and 
I was like, I'll date you. But I mean, we like we we made out in his like loft studio. It was the first time in Chicago. Did he fuck you out of a loft as well? No, no, he he never fucked me out of a loft. We never fucked. We never had sex. The first guy I had sex with was a good experience. I won't say his name, but he's like. Do I know him? No, 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 no. Um, But that was a great experience. It was my friend's friend, and we had sex on her couch, and it was nice, and he was sweet, and it was a good experience. Bigger than you? Like his dick? No, no. Well, both, yeah. No, we're like the same. He was like another Italian guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, I like. I was like, I'll. Just, this is an Italian. Better guy. looking than you? Yeah, he's super hot. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't. I look. don't think much of my looks, to be honest with you. But I think he. Oh, was, you're a really good looking dude. He is like, and you're in really great shape. Uh, sure. Yeah. Now, the past week, I'm like body dysmorphic. I'm. I haven't been to the gym in I a week, and so I'm fat. Yeah, he's clearly not that. Yeah, I mean you're tight. I am. My sister has put me on a. I've gained like 15 pounds the past like year. Yeah, because my sister is like a IFBB pro. What's that? It's just like a like her like fitness standing on stage, paints herself, travels the country, like trains people. Like her whole life is that world. And she, (laughs) I know. She was like a physical or a fitness instructor, but I didn't know she was. Oh yeah, she she's like a judge for these competitions, and she knows all the people like the same way comedy works like it's a whole world like yeah. she's in that world and she's like really well known in that world and so she, i just called her one day and i was like i just want to feel better about how i look and fit into clothes and so she said okay you know yeah, you have, you have big my, holes in your jeans, my, but jeans are all ripped out but so she said okay by the way ever since you uh i i never had paid attention to jeans really but you were talking about your jeans the other night i have seen that is like I, that's all I see on like fucking good looking people are those jeans. These ripped up jeans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to say even like Jay Farrow had them on the other day. And Jay I was Farrow like, dresses very well. We when I saw him like a month ago, and he had like this really nice leather jacket. Like he dresses very well. He dresses really well. He's I, also in good shape. He's in great he's shape. Like all jacked. I, or whatever. I told him I I was with standing next to Segura, and I was watching Jay do stand up, and he was in a sleeveless hooded sweatshirt and i was like i was like i'm sitting in the back and he's just destroying and you're just old sometimes and you stand up and you're looking at young kids fucking killing it and i just go i'm standing next to Segura, and i go who the fuck does stand up in a sleeveless shirt and Segura looks at me and goes you're shirtless right now. Uh, I was like, oh, you're fucking oh, right. You and I, but you know what? You know, I both did our performances shirtless. I haven't, I haven't done anything on stage with a shirt on in uh, years. Yeah, it was my first years. time actually taking. <laughs> I was halfway through. I will always love you. And I, this is for the comedy jam. And I, I was in a tank top, so I was basically shirtless. And then there was a one gay guy in the audience, or at least one who admitted it. Yeah. So during the instrumental break, I just said, "Is this the?" gayest thing you've ever seen because I mean the audience was they were the best audience ever and this one everyone was cheering so I can make it gay so I ripped off my shirt and I said where's that gay guy and he like raised his hand and I threw my shirt at him that, and then Jeremiah went and got my shirt I came out afterwards I did the interview and Jeremiah was like here's your shirt back I was like thanks Jeremiah I watched um I watched my your interview or oh god damn it I watched your uh your show this weekend in the car with uh with Erica Spera? I don't know. <laughs> fucking hanging this goddamn phone up. This is what I love about podcasts, though. There's, there's, I like all the little. Oh, can I? The eccentricities of it? Yeah, I do. It's I not, love it because they're not perfectly polished, and this I, it makes them more accessible. Yeah. Um. The but uh, she, we were she was doing a gig with me, and we, I watched it, and I was like, motherfucker, you can sing. I had to follow you the other night, and it was uh, like. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was like, like so I, not only did I, think, I literally, I think I opened up going, why the fuck is he doing stand up? You the, did. I was, I was watching like, and smiling. <laughs> I was like, that is the fucking most. I go, I, I literally, my opening line was, lower your fucking expectations. <laughs> you will not be seeing what you, you just saw. It. I yeah, did. I, 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 I did muscle do, it with energy. I don't. Was that the I can't one sing. with uh, the Creed guy? No, that was. But this is the other night we did Bill Burr and Dane Cook and you and I and Dean and Dean Del Rey. Who else was on? I think that was it, it. on the show. But I sang. I did. I did Celine Dion's "All Coming Back to You Now." But then, as a surprise for Josh, I sang "Nessun Dorma." You know the <laughs> opera "Nessun Dorma." So it was like uh, way over the top. I mean, I took it too far. It was. It was pretty fucking insane. I sat. I was sitting with Dane and his girlfriend, and I go. And he goes, uh, who's this? I go, oh, you don't know what you're about to see right now? And he goes, he goes, no, what? And I go, just just watch. I go, enjoy. And he was like, he was like, why? What? He's, I go, just, you'll see. And you start singing and Dane's jaw drops and he looks at me. He goes, how are we supposed to fucking follow this? And I go. You're like Susan yeah. Boyle. I go, it was fucking. And Dane, Dane and I were fucking literally sitting Dane's girlfriend brought her phone out, started recording you, and Dane's sitting there, and we are just basically bumping back and forth to each other, going, "This is fucking amazing! It's fucking oh, that's amazing!" So nice of you. And then, and then I go downstairs to go walk on stage, and Dane comes walking down the stairs, laughing hysterically. He's like, "Yeah, have a great set, man." Following that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, I, I, I was, know. I was, you know, it's so funny, is that like, um. If we're gonna be, I, I, I have a hard time with oversharing. But the next day, I was like, I was like, fuck, man. Like, I didn't even remember the lyrics to my song. I didn't like in my. I, I'm a, I have a horrible fucking voice. I lost my voice in the middle of the song. I, I played the guitar. That's the only thing I did good was I played the guitar. Yeah, he in the comes song. out, plays the guitar, kills it. He killed it so no, but, bit hard that no, he came but, into the dressing room like I think I have to throw up. It, I, I was gonna throw up because I and but I was so overwhelmed at how hard it was to follow you that I was in the shower the next day and I went, hold on. I literally go, hold on. I'm not a singer. I'm not a fucking singer. No. I but I was like, I was it's, literally know, thinking of it the next been, day. I literally went through years of training it's apple, in opera. It's, apples, apples. it's so, but it was, it's so, I mean, when people see you on Comedy Jam, it is gonna, that'll go viral. That will go fucking yeah, viral. I hope. That yeah, would be great of for will. me in it my is. studio apartment. That I, li- I live in a place and Frank wouldn't hide in. So it, <laughs> would be, it would be nice, to, you know, it would be nice if it does go viral so I could sing more. You're singing, uh, doing Barbara Streisand? I'm doing the gayest thing possible. I'm recreating. Okay. Wait, by, by the way, what, you ever hear this joke? What's gayer than come on a mustache? Uh, Liza Minnelli? No, nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I think I, think I could argue that. Uh, um, you do have a mustache, though. I do, yeah. It's a strong mustache. I know, well, because I can't grow a full beard. I can't do what you do. It's too patchy all down here. Yeah. So I just have them. I've had this mustache since I was like 15. You have really? a very nice beard. Oh, thank you. What's her name? Uh, <laughs> Leanne. <laughs> so, so wait, tell me about Streisand. I'm doing a show called Streisand at the Bonsoir. So, this I don't know if those will be of any interest to you, but most people when they think of Streisand, we made a joke. We walked in. You have chickens. I mean, she lives in her Malibu compound, and now just she talks like you know, like she's ridiculous. She's she, ridiculous. She, corrected, she talked to Tim Cook uh, to change the way that Siri says her name. 
she likes it to be said Streisand. She wants the S being pronounced. So I mean, that's she's that kind of a she's living in that diva. kind of world. But before she was famous, she was 19 in New York, broke, had a cot she carried with her everywhere so she could sleep. She had six different apartments, so she slept in this one that night, this one that night. She basically was couch surfing with her cot, yeah. and she had a show. She only entered a talent contest because they had free London broil for a week. That's why she entered. She That's why eat. she has a career is because there was free food at the other end of it. In the meantime, she was learning French, Italian. She had a pseudonym so she could take multiple acting classes. And she had this show at the Bonsoir where she was opening for Phyllis Diller. And she was seeing obscure jazz standards. And it was before she was like Streisand now, like, my chickens lay green eggs. I mean, you know, before this, she was on stage, wouldn't drink, would make patrons buy her a potato, hard on the outside, soft on the inside, speak multiple languages, wearing Egyptian. Egyptian eye makeup, men's clothing, long fingernails, and like belting. I mean, the voice is uh, that's like a whole other aspect to it. But she was just this weird, wild child. She was like Lady, really Lady Gaga of her time mm-hmm. in this jazz club, and people could, they didn't know if she was Turkish, if she was American, what she was. I mean, they were just. Uh, they were amazed by her. And she was 19 fucking years old. And they have these recordings of her at the Bonsoir just, you know, yelling, giggling at the audience like this wild child. And so I thought, all right, I want to do my own jazz show. And I've always wanted to do a jazz show. So I thought, fine, now I have an, enough of momentum to, like, put on my own jazz show. So I, my friend Henry Kapersky, who's a pianist in New York, we're just recreating the show. I'm, but instead of her, I'm not dressing up as her, I'm me, but I'm doing all of her music. Oh. Oh, but it's going to be Mateo at the Bonsoir. I'm doing all of her music with just a pianist. But then in, in between, I will be doing my act and stand up and talking to the audience. See and- that? I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm very happy with my career. However, I'm very jealous at the amount of reach, the amount of different things you get to do. Correct. Like, meaning, like, like that's cool as fuck. Like, I, you know, I've been doing it so long that I'm a little bit in a box of like, I go, like, even like just go up and. I mean, just work, do my act. Like it's you know, it's like I, I don't know. I, it's for, like I wanted to. I wanted to bring um, visual aids up. Like one time, I wanted to do some stuff with with video, but I was like, I was like, I just ah, whatever. I'm at the fucking funny bone. They don't have a screen. Never mm-hmm. fucking mind. You know, I'll just fuck it. I'll just I'll work on a better story. Mm-hmm. But like the the idea that you can do something like that in New York, like like uh, what's her name, Bridget Everett. Ah. The best. She does such, something so different that I'm not jealous is the wrong word, but I'm envious. I it's, go, it's, it's, yeah. I, go, Even I, I, I look at Bridget and I think, what the fuck am I doing? I mean, she's that amazing. Yeah, she's the, But I also, you know, I do stand up four or five times a night, run around, do my spots. This is another. This is an outlet for me that's not really stand up. But, but you know, that's I wanna... but that's what's cool about art these days. Is it is changing so, or not art, but comedy is changing so much that that it is. That like you know the next time you go to Montreal and you, and if you do that show at Montreal it would be fucking sold out every fucking night because everyone's like it's so you're not running that exact same race everyone else is running mm-hmm. you you know how to run that race but you also have the ability to do something totally fucking globally different which I think yeah. is I think it's just fucking to me badass. it was easier to become a, a stand up than a singer. I tried to sing before doing stand up and I was I joined this cabaret group. I don't think you ever saw me. Pat, do this, but I joined this cabaret group that was in Chicago, and they would only perform at gay strip clubs. So we even went to fucking Rockford, and we did like. We By the way, the, gay oh, strip boy. club is the hardest place I've ever bombed. 
Is it? I was, oh, I got, gay, I was I got, a gay stripper for a night. Gay Were you really? Yeah. Oh, good for you. Yeah, you did a, what for a night? I was a gay stripper. I was. I wasn't gay, but I was. I, <laughs> it was at a gay club, and I and I and it was. Uh, you had to do a presentation. It was like a performance, and so I. I mean, I've been a drag queen too. Man, I was a gorgeous drag queen, um, and uh, and it was so funny about I, I. I was so obsessed with my eye makeup. Like so obsessed with it that I wouldn't take it off. Like I thought it looked so fucking cool. It looks so pretty. On but the man, I bombed. Makeup on. I bombed yeah. so well, hard. Some, some too. Um, at, at a gay strip club. But uh, keep but going. Gays are tough. Gays are tough. But yeah, gays are tough. But I, yeah. So be, I, <laughs> the only reason I did the gig is because I could pick my own music. Yeah. So I'd go up at like we were performed at Atmosphere a lot, and I would go up at like two o'clock in the morning, and they would have this shit cabaret group. I loved all the dancers, but we were all drunk and shit. So this cabaret group would do this performance, and then it would be a drag queen, right? And then right before the stripper came on, I would come on while the girls changed, and I would like sing a song. So I would pick Streisand, and I would you know be up there just <laughs> like memories, and like there's like old men throwing peanuts at me and like wanting me to get off stage. I mean, and I did that for like a year and a half and it was a a hell gig. So, but the first time I did an open mic in Chicago, I was like, this is so glamorous. I was like, there's no strippers and there's no men fluffing themselves in basements and no one's throwing peanuts at me. Really? You're not going to laugh. That's fine. You know what I mean? I can deal with that. So I went through like hell gigs before. And so now people are like, what's your worst hell gig? And I was like, singing at four o'clock in the morning in Rockford with old men throwing peanuts at you while you're trying to sing Streisand and run to the parking lot. Like, that's the worst gig I've ever had. We talked about this. Lady Gaga, You and I is my favorite fucking song. You, you and I. It's Uh, my wife. My wife loves that. My wife. And I, I, I think. I think Lady Gaga is fucking amazing. She has strength. She's doing myself. Bizarre. Okay. And also bizarre. That's Liza. <laughs> That's a real quote. She can't think of like anything other than. And she was on Larry King. She's like Donald Trump. Like, <laughs> yeah, she, she is. She really is. She's Liza's. <laughs> Liza's just shit. Um, now, but I guys, love Liza. Minnelli. Now, what do you guys think about uh, Malo Yannanopoulos? Watch oh. your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, what do you think of Milo Yapolopoulos? I really avoided as much as I could about him because he was so awful. Uh, he is gay, though, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely gay. And then he hates gays and he hates anything like liberal. Trans and... Anything. But I just... I, it was one of those things where I successfully didn't even... Like my eye, like the way that my eyes looked away at vagina in the Playboy, <laughs> my yeah. brother's Playboy. I very... Looked away a lot, and it helped because now he's gone, isn't he? Isn't he literally gone? Like I feel like he's been. Yeah, well, yeah what happened? He, he was he was condoning um, child. Uh, what was he was? It was like something with uh, underage sex, and sex. he was talking about how he had a relationship with a man when he was underage. So oh, yeah. he went into pedophilia and was essentially condoning it, and that's when literally, uh, bye bye. The next yeah. day was just say his gone. name again. I don't even know if I'm saying it. No, I Milo, like it, I, I, Milo Yannanopoulos. I say Milo Yapalapalopoulos. I think it was the name too. No offense, which to I'm just, I just making fun of Greeks. My eyes but just couldn't settle on it. I just, he, he, there. It was so funny. He was dressed like Angela Lansbury on Real Time, saying, "I don't like trans," and I was like, "What? What? It's like yeah. you're dressed like a trans. this is pots." Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't. I couldn't really. I, I, I like. I, I liked listening to him on Rogan. Like he was interesting guy to hear talk. I actually think he's mentally ill. 
I think you so. Might. I, I, I think I, when I when I never I avoided him too the yeah, same yeah, way yeah. you had. But then when I saw him on real time, I you know there was he kind of had like a tick. I, I don't think he's mentally well. I I the same as our president and I, Melania. Oh, most. <laughs> well, who's Melania? Is that his wife? Melania Trump. This oh, is yeah. why Pat, by the way, is the funniest person on the face of the planet. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you do not understand. This is the funniest person That's on very Twitter. Sweet. He's so sweet. But the, just for, I, Mila- you know, well, for, okay, for example, let me just speak for Pat real quick. Yeah, I don't want to. Speak. To me, a comedian, what makes a comedian a funny is yeah. finding something that everyone's talking about and finding an angle that you would never have thought about. So when Melania Trump stole Michelle Obama's speech, Every single tweet, every Facebook post, everything was about the, – the, the joke was the obvious joke. They were yeah. going for you know, like all these obvious jokes about stealing a speech. And then I was like, okay, what did Pat have to say about it? And Pat's tweet about it was – referring to Melania, goes, those are not Slovenian teeth. I just said, yeah, <laughs> look at her. I, just, I, I don't want – yeah, it's easy to pick apart the easy things. but just, Those are not Slovenian teeth. <laughs> Those are not Slovenian. But isn't that great? Like stuff like that, where I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. These you know? people are in power. I mean, like so the the Mili Mamanopoulos, you know, they yeah. could have been scary because he could have kept going further because our president. Well, our president has a bright bar, you know, Steve Bannon he's in there. Tweeting at night. The thing is, is tweeting, tweeting at night. I don't like people. I, I'm not a fan of. I like contrarian thought. So if sure. if the everyone's going one way, I like to see sure. the other person's coming. I I have. A very open mind, meaning like I follow a lot of feminists because I like to see, I like to hear that opinion. I like to hear that opinion. Well, I, we should, what we should all be feminists. Just speaking on them. Yeah, yeah, no, but like, but we like are the, the hardcore ones that think men should go away. Well, that that's they not should feminism. Kill that's masculinity. I even listen to them because I go, I want to hear why you think that. Because right. because. Maybe there is some shitty parts about masculinity. I don't know. There's anyway, a lot. There's, I mean, <laughs> patriarchy. I, I, would, I would say. Yeah, it's more patriarchy and than masculinity. masculinity. I mean, this is we're getting so meta, but ma- masculinity is also a human. It's a construct. Yeah. It's not real. The you wear pants and a woman wears a dress is a made up thought. The color yeah. blue is for boys uh, and pink is for women. Don't wear. It's, I mean, your your sweet dog doesn't put on a dress every day. <laughs> I I said. Well, that one does. Oh, that I one said does. on the joke I have on stage is I. I was with uh, Ari Shafir in New York. We saw two gay guys walking towards us. Um, they were in jean shorts, work boots. One guy had a mesh tank top on, and the other guy oh, had sure. a python around his neck. Sure. No tank top on. Sure. And I went... Like a real python? Oh, real like python. Like a Britney Spears like a, python? No, a python. A fucking snake. Yeah, like her... Yeah, yeah she had yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thought, oh, yeah. That's, that's like all that's, she's... That's, that's how straight I am. I'm like, I don't know. What, yeah, you just proved I was testing you, yeah. and you passed. You're she, <laughs> and I said to Ari, I go, I'll never know that freedom. <laughs> that I'll never know that but freedom. I, but I think strangely, you do. No, but they're, these, they're wearing a python if, if because they look, don't know your freedom. No, but if you look at if you look in an audience, if I always do this. Like when you look at the guys in the audience, white straight white males are wearing the shackles of heterosexuality. There's no freedom in our outfit it choices. It looks like a crown to me. It, <laughs> it's like I think it's you like, and I view this very differently. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Have you had to change your wardrobe based off the state and cities you visit? Then you're not wearing shackles. What do you mean? I know how to dress based off these cities I'm going to. If I'm going to a smaller community, yes. let you and I both... The, these pants I'm wearing, I don't wear them. And I've For talked real? To, 
No, I'm not. I'm, this is no spring yeah, chicken. But in I New know York, how to not get in New murdered. York, you can wear whatever the sure, fuck you York want. Sure, New York is a, is a tiny bubble. Yeah. Oh, when I, I go to Uganda, though, you do a lot of you do <laughs> a lot of shows there. I do. I do a lot of work in Uganda. There's a lot of places. I guess you can't go and just be yourself. D- yeah. Hello. Well, I know, but I I never think like that. I never thought of that. That's but because I never you thought of that. My connection. My... That's why you're you're not you, but you as in straight man. Your shit khakis and your oversized gap shirt. That yeah. is a crown. Shit khakis. <laughs> a crown. Yes. Because I never that's, have trust to. Me, the gay in... guy wearing the python is is that's that that is not that is resisting freedom. That or not resisting freedom. That is fighting for freedom. That's so fucking fascinating. I never thought that my connection in Dallas, I'd have to be wearing something different than I would wear on, on oh, to yeah. the place I was going. Oh, yes. I've talked to – you no, must know what I'm talking doesn't read everywhere. No, this – no. And really? barely here. But I was uh, – I here. In this room. I, in yeah. this room. The chickens are Hostile. like, faggot. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I was – talking to a bunch of friends and we were talking about we were going away for thanks or christmas and so they were all we were all joking about how we have to you know not me because i live in chicago i'm from chicago but yeah. they were you know some from north carolina virginia and not to say that these places don't have liberal parts but there's a lot of places that are not so they were saying oh, they have to change their clothes can't wear this can't wear that blah 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 that's fucking insane. Yeah, so if you you call Ari and tell him that that's not a freedom. <laughs> fucking <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah. That's so interesting. I never looked at it like that. I like when people show you another side. Like, are there were these? I just, I'm like Dorothy's Bornack. I just, we're, we're very, very, very Dorothy from Golden Girls. Yeah, I'm very, oh. like the, yeah. the half is glass. The, the glass is half empty. Golden, I'm a little fat. even lower than that. Yeah. <laughs> Golden Girls was such a great fucking show. It's a brilliant show. I mean, it still reads. Today. I was watching There's it on some Hulu references all weekend. that are dated, but the. Those ladies, those broads, represent also, something like, that still plays. Aside from everything, amazing actors. You do Dude. not find that kind of acting. In, I feel like everything today is just I don't know. Like that, I don't know. They were they were allowed Getty, to read as actors back then. Everything, yeah, Estelle Getty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Estelle, the, I remember the word came out and they're like Estelle Getty's only forty six. Yeah, and yeah, and we're like, what? <laughs> you know, she they put on all those prosthetics and stuff. And then uh, you know, I relate to Dorothy the most. I think. I think a lot of gay guys too. Yeah, she's fed up. Oh, uh, that's yeah, so funny. Fed up, she's down fed and out. Up. Can't yeah. find a man. Yeah, really. Yeah, I I related to uh, uh, Blanche. No, not Blanche is the Rose. whore. Betty, Ro- Betty Blanche Rose. Rose. The Rose. You oh you okay the the, the nitwit. Yep, I related the to her as so innocent, much. Maybe a, a nicer way to say it. Yeah, <laughs> the nitwit. <laughs> well, she's like the idiot on the show. Yeah, she's like the sweetheart and you know has the best heart. I guess. I guess I'd be more a mix of Sophia and Dorothy. This is now. This is gayer than the come on a mustache. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, you found it. You found about Golden Girls. By the way, that is Alan a Scott brilliant... does a podcast about Golden Girls. Who I did does? it. Uh, Alan H. Allen Scott. I think it's. I can, I think it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Use the go yeah. use the bathroom. Good. Well, I mean, look at what time we have to go. Yeah, what time you guys getting out of here? We've we've well, done I mean, just... a solid hour eighteen. Uh, is this interesting to you at all? Are you kidding me? Okay, so it yeah. says, oh, my call time's not till 2 p.m. What are you doing today? So I'm doing at midnight. Okay. So it says, you're uh, scheduled for at midnight, 2 p.m. call time. So that means I have to be there at 2, right? Yeah. Oh, then call Pat time. and I can go get lunch. We'll do something. Yeah. We'll go get lunch or something. What time is it now? It's probably 11. It's 11. It's probably 11. 11 or 2. This is my Streisand poster, by the way. Me, a Streisand at the Bulls. My friend Aaron made that for me. Oh, that's great. Isn't it great? I'm just, that's the, yeah. I'm trying to uh, 
embrace my love for Streisand. It's so funny because we're talking about being in middle school and stuff, and it's it, I'm still like I still like as much as I talk about it and as much as I like speak of it and make jokes of it. It's just so much like shame. Like I just feel like I go back to that 13 year old self where I'm just living in a world of shame and self doubt and sadness. Really? Yeah. Even just talking about like like when I, I used to want to. I used to buy music so that I didn't even listen to, but in case someone came over, they would see that I listened to the music that everybody else bought. Hold on, I so, did that too, by so, the way. I know, but no, I had Streisand, the third album, like hidden yeah. under my bed because I used to love that album. Yeah, and just the fact that I can say I like Barbara Streisand and and not like jokingly at all, like I do, I love her, and I don't care if you make fun of me for it, but just the fact that I can say that out loud, I don't even think I could have imagined that. At 14 years old. Really? So, yeah, that's like how far it's been. I was just talking to a friend of mine who came out of the closet recently, and I just, the way he was speaking, it showed how far I've come in terms of like accepting myself and who I am. And he was, the way he was talking was just like, just like the very first, a lot of times people come out of the closet, they're still trying to rationalize it, and you're still trying to sort of break down you know your whole life you've made this yourself this like frankenstein monster and bits and pieces of what you think society should think you are and then when you have to start breaking that down and be and make it okay to see who you are and what's actually underneath that it's it's hard to deal with so i was talking to him and he was like pat you know when people like come out of the like i was talking about how far i've come for being out like the fact that i could say like streisand i couldn't imagine when i was 14 oh never you never right but and i had a friend who's probably 30 now or almost 30 who just came out of the closet and i'm seeing a lot of my 18 year old self in him show me some of that like what do you like give me an example just the way he was talking like well um i'm trying to think of like how do, how do I word this, Pat? You know okay. what I mean? Uh, help me here. So you come out of the when you came out of the closet versus now. What you know, and you see people who are freshly out of the closet. Don't you see a lot of your younger self and them? Sure, because uh, uh, you are at least like when I came out at twenty something, I felt like I was fourteen. Like the whatever uh, you might be feeling uh, when you were like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, trying to like be around express your sexual self it doesn't matter how old you are if you're if that's when you start you're is this what you're talking about you start yeah. you kind of act like you're a teenager yeah um and kind of immature about it and trying to be like trying to rationalize his sexuality still and for a while he was like well i still like women i still like women i like are you are you are you fuck i said are you fucking women well no i'm fucking men i said are do you masturbate to women well no i masturbate to men i said okay and then of course a few months later i don't like women anymore so it's trying to peel away the layers of the patriarch and and accept who you are but i like now i'm like okay it can be open i don't care if i get called a faggot i don't care if i look effeminate i don't care if i say like streisand i don't care if i i don't care about all these things but when i was 18 and i first came out of the closet oh i cared i was still gay but trying to pretend i wasn't gay if that really? makes any sense mm-hmm. i don't even know how yeah, I... Like when, I, when, my, when I, I hadn't come out yet but a, a friend came out as bi and he was telling two guys me and another guy who had not come out as anything we're just kind of living neutered lives and <laughs> so we nodded as if though we like we support you and then you know then he came out as gay and then we came out as gay. it was just like this weird dynamic we should have been the fucking and just, or going out and get but we we're all being very careful even around other people that were just like us to not say too much yeah even when my i came out to my cousin who at, by the time i was 18 i knew my cousin was a full hom- like homosexual full, full. but just a, just as gay 
gay as the day is long. And I said I was gay, and he didn't come out back to me. And I was furious because I was like, what the fuck? I was like, you're gayer than I am. You know, and then now we we'll talk to each other today. I'm like, Brian, why didn't you say you were gay? He's like, I don't know. He's like, you know, when he came out, he did it very differently. He said, I'm gay, but everyone else, tell everyone else. I don't feel like telling people. So the rest of the family had to be like, Brian's gay. And we're like, yeah, I know. I ran into my brother. My brother found out I was gay because I ran into him at a gay bar using a fake ID. Hydrate. I ran into him at Hydrate in with Chicago. a fake ID. Yes, I was 19 and he was 21. And he, the first thing he said is, when do you think Brian's going to come out? My cousin. Shut up. So you ran into your brother at a gay bar and, uh-huh. you, were, and you didn't know he was gay? I, he, oh, I knew he was gay. He came out at 14. He didn't know I was out. And I mean, he were, must have known I was gay. on him in the troughs. Yes. And, and, and then he was like, oh. <laughs> and I said, Vince. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, How much older is your brother than you? Two years older. Okay. I'm 30. My sister's 31. And my brother's 32. Sheesh. And they're Irish twins. Your dad definitely wasn't gay. No, no, no. My dad definitely wasn't gay. Your dad, yeah. But my mom, you know, my dad's like a really boring American Irish like heritage person. Just like family is dry as toast. Just I, I think I saw his parents a total of six times growing up. I mean, they oh, really? lived in California. Like he, yeah. But my mom is like this uh, <laughs> psycho Italian Mexican. Uh, her family, she's the most normal. But yeah. like they're all just having babies like rabbits i mean just wow so many babies and such such a juxtaposition of different like i could see the clear difference between cultures between my mother's family and my dad's family right. and i still don't even associate myself as a lane i like my dad i just i can't even think of like lane like what my family is the pomaros like we're like that's who i grew up with it's weird is that I, your password for <laughs> that's for everything okay yeah i uh, when i i lived with uh, two lesbians Oh, um, tell us about that. <laughs> Bert, don't need to help us with the shelves. We've got it. <laughs> it's uh, the fun. The craziest part of my perspective was um, the comfortableness they had beating each other up. <laughs> like, the, like a fight would often get physical. And uh, and I remember where gays just sort of glare at each other across the room. Yeah. A lot of passive aggression. Yeah. Until they're drunk, they were they would get high and get we would get drunk. Everyone would do cocaine, and I'd watch them fucking scream at each other, go at it. And I and I remember one night I split them up. God, and, these lesbians. Were- and I fucking I locked I held locked one in the room, and then I fought. Did you need the to call the police. One. Oh, I fought the other one as she tried to get through me to beat the other one up. They shouldn't have been dating, and uh, they they broke up. But what, oh, yeah, what's crazy is that one of them. Was uh, a, a girl I probably still was love Ellen her. DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres and uh, who's Portia that? De Rossi. Like, yeah, yeah. It was it was Ellen and Portia. And I, so I'm actually heard going, here first. I'm yeah. going to my, my one of my best friends uh, who's a lesbian. I'm, it's the first gay wedding I'm going to is her wedding this summer. Really? And I'm so excited. Yeah, she is. She's like her and her fiance are like some of the greatest people. On the oh, there was a, there were two lesbians that. At our, uh, that I know that we were at a party and they have a adopted son, of course. Or may, maybe he's an, and that's their third week of dating. They but, adopted him. Oh, yeah. yeah they, and this <laughs> and this kid weeks. is a fucking shit. He fucking hurts himself, and one of the dads sees him. He's crying, and the dad goes, "Hey, buddy, you okay?" And he goes, "Leave me the fuck alone." What? And then oh, I boy. went, "Whoa!" And the mom's like, "Give him some space." To me, and I went. I went, bitch, neither of you deserve to have a child. If you, that's- Can you, What kind of mother did you have? If you said that to your mother when oh you were growing God. up? I'd get fucking smacked. I, would, my, I actually think my body would have gone missing. 
Yeah. It would have it would have gone. Were you raised by Medea? It sounds like something she would do. I mean, what was your if you swore like that too, well, you had a very different I if, very you, different, if I swore to a stranger. Like I mean if her, I swore to a stranger the way that kid swore at that man. I would be dead. I said I said I got really fucking enraged and I said that kid needs to get his dick knocked in the dirt mm-hmm. a couple times mm-hmm. because you don't you can't walk around this world with no. that energy. No. That you're going to get really – you're going to get mo- curb stomped one day. Yeah, the mom's not going to be there every time to yeah. like give him some space. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then my wife showed me the other side and they said – she goes, you know what? I think they adopted him from uh, – it was in the foster system. And they're like, you know what? At least uh, the kid the – kid, they're trying the best they can, Bert. And I was like, that's why I fucking love my wife. So I was like, here I am being an asshole. And my wife's like – No, how old what? is the kid? He's ten, old enough Too to get old. punched. Too old to be acting that way. Yeah, that's my opinion. Care. Yeah, he was fucking. You're, if you're ten, and how long have you been living with these? I don't know. I just this was like. If it's but, from... if, it, but if he if he did come from a system or a, a, a environment that was very abusive, it probably, those probably, those things are probably hard. Oh to yeah, you're, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of. You still wanna... Do you think you'd ever have a kid? Never. Never. No. What about you? Hell's no. Yeah. I can't imagine that if I if I can't imagine if I was gay that I would want that in my life. Some do, and yeah. I think it's my friend Chris just had a baby, and he's I mean you know he's going to be a great father. No, my buddy. I'm going to teach my kid about the bees and the bees, <laughs> but um, you know I I to me I know I'm too selfish. Though that being said, I think I'd be a good father. I used to teach art camp, yeah. and all my mom and my aunt's instincts raising me came out. As a kid, and I was very good with these kids, and yeah, yeah I would be a great father. And I, I get mad great at. Uh, I'd be a, I'd be a wonderful mother. Um, <laughs> My second. I'm Pat's <laughs> mother. Pat's relationship <laughs> with his second. family and his mom is the most fascinating thing but, in but the world. I, to Omaha, me. Omaha, Nebraska. I'm yeah. there. In, I'm there in a week. Where are you going? There? Your, uh, I, I'm at the Funny Bone. Uh, I, I, you know, I once got snuck into the Funny Bone. Uh, My brother was dating a, a gal that worked there, and I was sixteen. And Elaine Boozler was there, and I, and I, my mother was shocked that I was gay. That I went one <laughs> to of, go see Elaine, Elaine Boozler twice. Uh, I, instead of going to homecoming, she went to perform oh. live there, and then she was at the Funny Bone. So my Shut friend, my, my brother's girlfriend, snuck me in, and I remember her I looking out in the audience like to Elaine Boozler, mom, come on, like, see you later. He's got to be straight, right? <laughs> no. Uh, but anyway, I was waiting for. Well, I could see Elaine see me because I was like, I weighed like one twenty. I was sixteen at braces, and you know, like, and everybody else there was an adult. And then at the end, I met her at the uh, door with flower instead of rose for you, Miss Boozler. So the funny bone you're going to has uh, you, history to. You that's what, just broke my heart. Oh, it was, she that follows is, him on Twitter now because uh, I wrote I wrote that note to her, and so she very kindly then followed me. But I just like my mother. You're okay, like, but yeah, my favorite comic. Was the lane boozer like? I'm like, she's on night court. Like, you know, like, we've got to watch it. She's on night court, mom. That's so like how fucking he just loves hilarious. Women. He loves her. So, how long have you been doing your podcast? Twelve years. Twelve years. Yes. And and you start. You it's you and another guy. And two guys. Two guys. Yep. And P, the P, the N, and the S are Patrick Noah Scott. Pa- okay. But then it sounds like penis. Yeah, it does. It does. But um, you're going to my funny bone. That's wonderful. The Omaha funny bone. Yeah, yeah. There's history there. <laughs> I, that, I love that place. Uh, Adam Devine past, is yeah. from Omaha. Yes. And so he usually, every I like randomly, every time I've been in Omaha, he's been around. And he had a, like a high school reunion one time. And he was uh, he was like, hey, can I stop by and do a set? I was like, fuck yeah. I was like, can you tell some people you'll be there to help sell some tickets? <laughs> Who is this again? Adam Devine. Adam you were Devine. on his show. Oh, Adam Devine. I love Adam Devine. He's great. He's so great. We were in 
Bonnaroo last year together, and so I was in. A, I was talking to him. I did his show, but then we were. I was talking to him. The and, house party. Yeah, the house party. And so I, I, of course, see him. And at that time, him and Zac Efron had just been. Um, he was just like in the newspaper for making a joke about Zac Efron's boner. He like was joking that he'd seen Zac's boner, and of course it was. All over the gay blogs and all these pictures of them in singlets were all over the gay blogs because yeah. I guess they did it in like a, in a movie or something. So I was like, Adam, I'm like, you know that every gay man on the face of the planet is looking at pictures of you and Zach in singlets and it's over like every single gay everything. He's like, really? I was like, yes. And then, uh, another thing too is um, what Mark Norman, by the way, was I, on Instagram, there's always like, man, he's gay? No, 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 no. <laughs> but there, a, you heard it here ah, first. There's always Man Crush Mondays or whatever and he was on this gay, really famous gay page and it was like six pictures of Mark. One with his butt out, one of him in his underwear and it's like, you know, Man Crush Monday, Mark Norman and so I sent it to Mark and I was like, look Mark, I'm like, you've made it. You, you're with the gay now and he's like I'll take it he's sexy I want he's I think Mark's I do very high I 100% understand I want, people wanting to fuck who the fuck is this and Adam Devine um, yeah Adam's very cute I'd and Adam's over, also I'd pick him over Zach Efron any day I, that would, I wouldn't okay but only because I'm self-hating and I want to go for the I normally the, those too, but jacked just... muscles and stuff I think I'd be more interested to see fuck 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 do you have fuck. to go no no oh shit I should have told my wife uh oh! I signed my wife up for a podcast. It's going to be here in a couple minutes. Oh well, we can wrap this up. No, no, no. Because Pat, we're going to get lunch. Yeah, 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 yeah. We Come don't on. have to be anywhere till two, so we Wonderful. can get lunch. That's perfect. That's a, that was an hour thirty. That's a good length of oh, podcast. That's like... I like to do them. I like I like them to be over an hour. I don't like. I think at, you start really getting into good conversation. Do you edit? No. Oh yeah. Oh perfect. Be, and your fans really... will listen to this whole thing. Oh yeah. This is good for them. This is what this is this kind of stuff. That makes podcasts interesting. Like if 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 we didn't have it, it I, the, I nothing usually, was rushed. No, it's, it's just a really great conversation about people. That's it. Agreed. People. That's so Barbara, so Barbara your, your episode airs Wednesday night. Oh, good. Then they could see my Streisand show and uh, Streisand of the Bonsoir at Pangea. No, no, no. The, no the, 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 <laughs> the, the, oh no, my um my uh no April twenty sixth. April twenty sixth. The Comedy Jam. It's April 26th. Mm -hmm. It's going to be fucking amazing. You guys got to tune into that. And then you're going to be doing uh, Mateo at the Bonsoir. Mm -hmm. April tw or March 24th. So uh, guys, go out and see that. And I'm doing Battle of the Divas March 28th at Union Hall. We have a Bob the Drag Queen and Sashir Zameda battle in a debate Sashir over... Sashir Zameda. She's on SNL. You just met her the other night. She was at the show. And uh, we, we have them battle in a debate, a giant debate over who's better, Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey. Who would you oh, pick? It. Just a knee-jerk reaction. Whitney Houston, no questions asked. Yeah, yeah. No questions most asked. people do knee-jerk reaction, but then when you watch Mariah in like '95, then it becomes a real. Just, she had a, I mean, she is very, she is, was very talented, Mariah. But Whitney, Whitney she brings was, it all. She the wigs, the sweat, <laughs> the the voice. You know, for a good spell of her career, uh, the drama. Will everyone please follow? Pat Powers on Thank Twitter. You. I'm going to check out your podcast. What's Please. the name of it again? PNS Explosion. PNS Explosion. And I'm going to follow that. I'm, I, li I like getting into new podcasts. I just listened to um, Joe List and Mark Norman's Oh, Tuesday, Tuesday with, with Stories. Stories. It's yeah. so good. It's tough to listen to. Pat, what no, is I'm you, kidding. Your name on Twitter. <laughs> if you don't, if you can't. It's at a, Pat Powers. There's a bunch of Pat Powers, though. So is there's it one just, word? No, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just at Pat Powers. It's a picture of Angela Lansbury on the phone. Where do you do your podcast out of? Uh, Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we maybe next time in Chicago, I could be on your podcast love it. that'd love be it. fucking awesome um gentlemen p 
PNS explosion. I got it. Mm-hmm. What's a good one to start with? Rageaholic. It's like a few ones ang- down. I had a lot of anger at that point. But it Rageaholic? Is, yeah, yes. it, might be, it might be a little too intense. Nope. It is perfect. Awesome. It's my Hi. favorite Thank favorite you, episode sir. of Pianist of oh, There was also one they interviewed um, uh, a man who lived in so- uh, Saudi Arabia or Syria? Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. And he was cl- closeted in Saudi Arabia and had like a family, but was gay. And they came on the show. <laughs> they just they grilled him about it. Trust me, it's, it's um, wild. House, it's uncomfortable. This is so lovely. I, well, thank, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us over. Don't mention it. I can't wait to introduce you guys to my wife. So, hey, thanks for doing this. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank This episode was brought to you by The Machine.